0: Hello from the past, present, and future. My name's Scott Hamza, and thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the second series of Time Travel Film Club, a weird, wild, and century hopping collection of time travel films you might not have heard of, spanning a glorious range of decades, countries, and tastes. Joining me, as always, in the TTFC, to my left, a man who shares a birth date with the 1971 introduction of the decimal system to British currency, otherwise known as Decimal Day, it's Adam Hedges. Wow. That's yeah. an
1: impressive fact.
0: Yeah, it's good. And to my right, a man who shares a birth date with the 1967 founding of
2: Milton Keynes as a town. It's James <laughs> <Dyer>. oh. <laughs>
1: oh, I hate Milton Keynes.
2: <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's just roundabouts.
1: Oh, I really... Roundabout
2: after roundabout after roundabout. I got
1: stuck there in my, my, my van once, and it's a nightmare to drive around yeah. in a van. I think, is it a city
3: now
0: as well? It doesn't deserve it. Well, it shouldn't be, uh, as you said. (laughs) It
1: shouldn't be. It's a a gestalt form of roundabouts. Listen, if you live in Milton Keynes, I don't apologise.
0: What was the fact you told me about Rat?
1: recently. Oh, Rat Kings? Rat, yeah. yeah, Milton Keynes is a yeah, Rat King rat... of Roundabouts, <laughs> absolutely. All rats come from Milton Keynes, is, I think is what James said. <laughs> Milton Keynes is a Rat King of Roundabouts is my favourite way to describe that <laughs> place yeah. from now on. It's yeah. a horrific
0: fact I had no idea that rats could like Voltron themselves into <laughs> mm. a superior mental entities. terrifying.
1: <laughs> it's, I don't know what you think a Rat King can do, I think, but they... I know you're terrified <laughs> of rats. Like... I think your
2: understanding of what a Rat King is needs to be discussed.
0: 70 to 80 rats who find find themselves some trousers and a blouse and they, they leave <laughs> need the <limbs>. A <laughs> blouse! On that note, welcome back, gentlemen. Uh, uh, see, <laughs> we, we are back with season two. Right, kings are plenty. It feels fantastic to be back. It's great to be starting another season. It's kind of like a weird feeling, I think, as well, to be starting like a fresh list. We spent so many months and so many chats and so many hours kind of going over that big old list of 12. And so it's nice to be starting fresh. It's a fresh, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for?
2: A fresh start. A fresh start. We burnt all the evidence of the last season, all the takes. Yeah. It's all gone. It starts yeah, new. No, I hope so, uh, yeah. Uh, what? Uh, unfortunately,
1: I know that's not true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and talking of burning everything asunder to start anew, kicking off with his first offering to the season two gods, James has brought us a morsel from our formative years. It's 2002's Oscar-nominated The Time Machine, Directed by Simon Wells, written by John Logan, adapted from the 1895 novel of the same name by H.G. Wells. It's about one one hour, 36 minutes long. There's some Guy Pearce, some Samantha Mumba, a little less Orlando Jones, a little less Jeremy Irons. James, give us a, a bit of background uh, uh, about, you know, your pick. What, why did you pick it? What's your experience with the film? That kind of thing.
1: Well, I I think I first saw this film not long after it came out. I would have been about 12 at the time, but... I I had a very cool aunt that would allow me to see many films, uh, often ones that were not appropriate for me, such as Tomb Raider. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I picked this film because it's kind of the, uh, I mean, certainly the eponymous in terms of time travel films. It is literally the time machine. It's maybe not the best version of the time machine films, but it's certainly the one easiest to watch. I certainly think going back to watch the 1960s version is a little bit harder. It's also very much a time travel movie like it is indisputably only to do with time travel there's not really any other part to the plot other than time travel uh,
0: 100% like as oh, you yeah. said like eponymous in the, the 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 name is on the tin right there it is the time machine so like yeah uh,
1: and i think i've seen it maybe 3 or 4 times since then but obviously i was what 12 or 13 when i first saw this film so i didn't didn't remember as much of it as I thought I did. I honestly thought there was a lot more Jeremy Irons than there is. I remember watching this and being like, hang on, is he only in like 10 seconds of this film? I thought there were, there was like an hour of him being a bad guy, which he always is. Definitely like a
0: really interesting dynamic that we didn't have much of in season one. The idea that like you've seen this already when you were a child, but it's not necessarily like a nostalgia pull you know it's not like you know jurassic park you have all the back to the future as we discussed there's all these good memories of like you know uh, uh kids uh, kids film not kids films movies you watched as a kid and that kind of pull whereas this is just something you happened to watch when you were younger
1: oh yeah and i mean i I knew the story and I, i'd read the book or i'd read at least parts of it again with that cool aunt who would like to introduce me Very to nice. to new media and um i remembered really more the concept the idea of the morlocks and the Eloy was kind of the big thing that pulled me back to this and go do you know what this should be something we watch
2: i i think i did have a nostalgia trip with this weirdly enough I like i remember seeing this in the cinema and really enjoying it and then thinking not years and years later that i would be watching it to kind of like look at it in depth but i had a great time watching this straight i just want to put that out of there straight away it was you know like i've had a real nostalgia trip with it and my wife said oh have you just watched that film because she has it on VHS. Oh, wow. I had it on wow. DVD. It's like it's weird. It's the, like a crossover thing between us that like we both obviously enjoyed this when we were younger.
0: It's definitely like there's some resonance generationally, you know. And yet mm. I can completely see why generations after us, uh, uh, you know, anyone, even just five years younger than us, if they were like, oh, no, I haven't seen that, nor have I ever seen it slash heard of it would totally understand why because it's kind of just this it's this moment you know what I mean it's kind of like it's like Triple X Vin Diesel Mm. to the world at large Vin Diesel's career is just fast and furious and yet like we all strongly remember Triple X we remember that moment where like he was trying he was trying some other stuff
1: Yeah, Iron Giant Oh, yeah. yeah. It's on my wall over there. Yeah, yeah, there he
0: is right there. Chronicles of Riddick. Something that is like completely isolated as mm. just this, oh, yeah, it's early 2000s. And if, if you were there, you saw it. If you know, you know. But otherwise, I completely, you wouldn't have. So it's kind of like a weird, almost like a, like a time travel relic. Like it's like a, a little relic from the past. And yet it's not the 1960s. It's just, you know, uh, uh, less than what? Less than two decades ago,
2: just mm. over two decades ago, something like that. Um, it's not big enough to be cold but yeah. that's what that's the kind of level i would describe it as like in for, particularly for our sort of generation i think it probably is a big time travel film at, at the point in time when it was released definitely a big deal when it was released because again similar to you james why else would like 12
0: year old me have seen this film mm. other than you know oh uh, uh, there's, a, there's a famous, mildly famous singer who's in it. And that's not, you know, even a massive pull to me at 12 years old, but it was just a film that, like, everyone kind of saw at the time. And so, yeah, I remember it. I had not seen it since then. And so this was, like, a nice kind of moment of, like, reawakening onto the, <laughs> onto the content.
1: You say uh, about the singer, the funny thing is, when my wife walked into the room to see me watching this, she went, Samantha Mumba? Oh, wow. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Okay, before we
0: boot up the time machine, where did you guys watch this film?
2: I watched it on my DVD <laughs> with a special edition. any listener
1: can borrow if I, they would like I to. tried to
2: find a VHS player. I was like, is there anything different on the VHS? But no, I watched it on DVD.
1: I, uh, I rented it in SD from Amazon. Oh, wow you know it's an old pull Mm. when it's only available in
0: SD. There's something weirdly comforting about that, I find. You know it's going to be from this select period of time where they were like, yeah, it can go on DVD, but we're not putting any effort into it (laughs) whatsoever.
1: What I like is there are a lot of films on Amazon that are older than this that you can watch in HD, HD, but this is just not available. Worthy of the restoration they are. And if any of our
0: wonderful listeners want to get in touch with Time Travel Film Club, how can they do that,
2: gentlemen? You can like us on Facebook at Time Travel Film Club, or you can follow us on Twitter at Time Travel Club.
1: And if you want to tell us all about how you'd enslave the human race, you can do so on Reddit <laughs> at r slash Time Travel Film Club, or on the email, TimetravelFilmClub at gmail.com.
2: I, I doubt we'll get many responses on that one, but it's <laughs> I, I think we'll get more <laughs> than do you think. think. <laughs>
1: And so, without
0: further delay, James, Adam, it's time for a frothy cappuccino from the Time Machine. I think one of the sort of side missions of the podcast from now on, at least, at least or maybe even just for, for me and my life moving forward, but I think, I think we'll all embrace it, is that we should just keep track of Ethan Hawke. And just keep track of what he's up to, keep track of what such sure. a fantastic man is is, is doing with himself. I, I love Ethan Hawke, and I think we all f- really enjoyed Predestination. We enjoy, we enjoy some Hawke. I say this because in Ethan Hawke news, I don't know if you guys heard this, but Ethan Hawke will be featuring on the upcoming Fallout Boy album. Um, Excuse I've not heard me. This. <laughs> so Ethan Hawke, uh, there is a uh, Ethan Hawke will be doing. I don't know if he'll be singing or playing a, an instrument or, or just or standing just in talking. the background looking yeah, exactly. thin. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But he will be on the upcoming Fall Out Boy album. Uh, a fact only enriched by uh, Fall Out Boy on I think their fourth album, um, fourth or third, you know who knows. But like ten years ago, did a song called Uma Thurman.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: it's
1: yeah, oh, a great song. Yeah, I love that song.
0: Yeah. And so maybe he just wants him some. Maybe he's like, oh, well, you did a song with my wife's name in the title. So now the song is just going to be called Ethan Hawke. But also, yeah. I'm doing it. Stay around
2: for more updates on Hawk Watch in the future. <laughs> As season two goes As on, Hawk season Hawk. two continues. So we're like Hawkeye. A of, we're a type of Twitcher, but a very different yeah, type yeah, of Twitcher. Yeah, we are, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mentioned Ethan Hawke also uh, partially because uh, Guy Pearce, star of, I almost said Guy Ritchie there, genuinely.
1: <laughs> well, Guy
0: Pearce, uh, uh, star of The Time Machine, is a man who, along with, kevin bacon i think they have very similar faces
1: yeah they're, they're cut very from the same faces. cloth
0: what's your go-to guy pierce other than the time machine what do you think uh, of iron think man of three iron man three yeah strong
2: yeah there's a big reason for that as well which i'll discuss with you two later Oh, very interesting mm, mm.
0: I unfortunately can't help but think of the bloodshot film that uh, Vin Diesel did recently, oh. where Guy Pearce is the bad guy, and it's it is a real piss poor offering from every single person involved at every level of that film.
1: Uh, I didn't think of that because I've never watched it. No, I nor, never will, nor should you. I yeah. think
2: probably Memento is where I is where I Strongest like. That's guy a good Pierce, pull. Yeah. Strongest yeah. Guy Pearce. Yeah. Yeah. Strongest I like him for sure. But
0: Iron Man three is he's also fantastic in it. Mm. I like some Guy Pearce. He's great.
2: I will say though boy needs a beard
1: yeah yeah i think there is a change in that
2: man halfway through this film where i he's very sort of sunken and greasy and sallow when he's in the past yeah (laughs) very good ghoulish and when he grows a beard i'm i'm into it now we begin with our boy guy pierce playing
0: professor alex hardigan we find him at columbia university in the year 1899 and he is goodwill hunting a chalkboard. <laughs> <That's> nice. <laughs> we meet his, his best friend, Philby, who comes in, hurries him off to a date with Emma. They discuss Alex's research, the various research rejections, and they also mention the German patent clerk that he's been DMing on the side.
1: Oh, I assume this is an alternate universe that we're in here, because Einstein... Not a patent clerk at this point. Really? Oh, nah. dear. Oh, it's such a simple fact. Oh, yeah. how, how would you just get that wrong? A, an easy one to check as well. Like, No, he was still studying at this point. He was learning. I think he was training to be a teacher at this point at university. So he would only have been 20.
0: Oh, right. You shouldn't be having those kind of relations with a student, even if it's not your student and they're in a foreign country and it's purely science. Uh, you know, Alex, just keep it in your pants.
2: There's a couple of film sort of based facts. So show, do, you want, do you want one straight away? Do you want an early film hit, fact? Hit, go yeah, for it. It's me, a Philby yeah, yeah. film fact. Philby? Oh, Philby. Phil- 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 Phil-
1: uh, to be fair, I saw Philby and I went, oh, he's come a long way.
2: Yeah, the reason he's called Philby is they, in the 1960 version, they go to a department store in 1966 called Philby's. That oh, okay. I watched the 1960 version, by the way. I've not seen it. Yesterday, it's
1: it's not it's not terrible. It's a good, it's a good time travel film. It is of its time. Very much so. Oh, it's of its time.
0: I, I like. I can imagine. I find weirdly i find 60s as a decade are really hard the 70s has this re- reputation as like golden age of cinema an incredible time that i find 60s stuff quite hard to watch because it is mm. just kind of in that weird moment where it's like yeah it is still quite old and quite like rough around the edges
2: it's very kitsch and it's also it's it's a lot of stuff is happening with technology at that point in time so things look a little janky still in the kind of 1960s period but in the 70s things really start to take off the other thing i don't know if you two noticed it when the pair of them are kind of arguing in the house did you see the portrait in the hallway of alex i didn't house? know I didn't. it's hg wells
1: ah uh, okay.
2: and even more interestingly what's the director's name simon wells great grandson i
0: thought
1: oh <laughs> great grandson
2: i was just about to say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah at one
0: point i thought maybe he's a relation but like yeah that's no too, not even a, not, not even a joke yeah
2: he, that's a massive part of the reason why he directs really? this film well, that's yeah.
1: interesting because this film really is is similar to the 60s film mm. but neither of them are particularly similar to the book it's it's the, the story in general is quite different in the 60s film than it was written and this film is honestly more like a, an homage to the 60s film
2: yeah it's it's weird it's it's like an homage of an homage yeah. really it's a weird sort of place to be in this
0: I felt like right when you see them both talking to each other the accents are a lot like they're both. I know that Guy Pearce is Australian. Mark Addy is British. As far as mm, I'm yeah. aware, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in he's in a Knight's Tale,
2: right?
1: Yeah, a Knight's Tale. And then he's um he's the the king in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, really? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah,
2: he's yeah big role in Game of Thrones. I mean, he comes from that. Remember that series Cold Feet that was on? Yeah, he does. a long, oh, long time. Yeah. My parents Cold were hugely into that. Um, he was one of the lead characters in that years ago. I think that's oh, where okay. where he comes from. But
0: they're both doing these kind of like uptown. American accents and there's a lot of like hard there's a lot of pockets especially I think in Guy Pearce's accent where you can really kind of hear like little Australian twangs mm. it's a lot kind of at the, at the top but it's not it's not necessarily bad it just kind of adds to the whole thing of like I can kind of see why already that this movie is not going to be like straight down the middle I'm going to take it seriously I'm going to have to definitely suspend some disbelief of course for the time travel of it but also just for the I don't think any of these people look like uh, uh, appropriate. (laughs) They all look a little bit anachronistic and they're acting a little bit anachronistic, especially um, Guy Pierce's hair, Alex's hair. The whole way through just got me as like, I don't know, man, I feel like everyone would be calling you a hippie. Oh,
1: absolutely, Mm. yeah. And I do think it's a weird change here because the original and the 60s film are both in the UK. So it's strange that they would then take someone from the UK and Australia and then go, yeah, do you know what? New York though. Particularly when it doesn't seem to have any
2: sort of like influence on the plot at all to no. move it. To, I'm presumably just because it's an American production. I think probably just is make why. it a bit more relatable. Just make yeah. it a bit more relatable. Yeah, I guess.
1: Well, I think certainly relatable helps because I don't think the 60s and certainly not the original book has any love interest at all. It's no. all for the love of science. I mean, yeah,
2: the whole the whole thing is like a social commentary on what's happening at the time in like the 19, in sort of like that period of time. So it's, yeah, oh, it's, it's an interesting one.
1: The original book is more about like the communism, the class warfare, mm. it's the, and the love of science. It really is much more about kind of actual parts of mm. life as opposed to just a weird romance story.
2: I mean, the character in the book doesn't even have a name. He's just the time traveler. Yeah, there's
1: it's, only one name in the book, know, I think. Yeah, yeah, I
2: think so. Yeah, I think you're right.
1: What's the name? John? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I just Let's think there's only John. one named character. Just, if John is. An
2: educated guess. Mm, Rita.
1: I th- oh, I think it might be one of the Eloy. Yeah, a Name. I, so. I don't. I honestly don't remember.
0: After forgetting to buy flowers, Alex successfully proposes to Emma, only for them to be mugged by the world's most polite mugger. <laughs> he's very, very chatty, very affable, nice guy. Especially like right at the end where he's like. Why'd you do that? It's just a ring, like, and it's really sort. He's really comfortable. He's really chill about the whole process. I don't know if this says anything about like eighteen ninety nine New York and people are just like. Can I, hello, I'll take the watch. Thank you very much, sir. He almost like he almost
2: n- tips his hat to him <laughs> as he's like, thank you, sir. Like, yeah, sh- yeah, yeah. I'll sh- I've shot your wife, milady. <laughs> Did you spot the actor who's playing the mugger? I didn't. It didn't I recognized. Didn't look him like anything. Yeah, time me. traveler's wife. Who is he? He's the he's the best friend. I can't remember the the guy's name. It is
0: not that guy. It
2: is that guy. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What? Um. What's his name? burger from Sex and the City. Yeah. It is. Is it? I'm almost certain it is. Now you've now you've said it. We need to check that. Sorry. I'm almost certain it is.
1: I really hope it's not. Mate, it's absolutely
0: not. (laughs) (laughs) Is it not? I I thought you were
1: certain to
2: actually
0: make a a claim that bold.
1: It is absolutely not. It's It's absolutely not him. Move on. Move on.
2: (laughs) Move on.
0: <laughs> I mean, would have, would have appreciated it. See, I'm it, looking but, for uh... <laughs> links that aren't there. <laughs> There's so many British actors in this. Sorry. That as a default, I think every sort of like side actor, little fringe character, yeah, any yeah, of yeah. that, they're just going to be pulls from, from the streets of, you know, like Cheshire or yeah. somewhere like that.
1: One of the things, of course, the mugger takes that we've just mentioned is the ring which is what sort of ring? It was a moonstone ring. Oh, yeah. Which, of course, oh. <laughs> is a bit of a lead into to something yeah. that's about to happen
2: in the film. I've never made that connection. Tragic moon connections.
0: And it's, it's because of that moonstone that, unfortunately, Emma is very predictably shot. The second you see the gun, you know that she is getting shot. It's, like, very, very transparent. There's no kind of, like, uh, uh, novelty to the situation or no kind of new way. It's very, very clear she's hiding the ring. He's going to take the moonstone, blah, blah, blah. Emma tragically gets shot. Fade to black. Four years later... Grieving Hermit Alex.
2: (laughs) A few moments later.
3: (laughs)
0: I'm I'm showing that my brother watches a lot of SpongeBob SquarePants. (laughs) Grieving Hermit Alex is goodwill hunting on cocaine, having invented a time machine. He's got more chalkboards. He's got a ladder. He's you know even more science abound, and he's ha- he's already done it.
1: He's just uh, presumably double checking his stuff. Same number of watches though. Still got that watch obsession, but no more new watches.
2: I need to jump in here and talk about this time machine.
1: <laughs> okay, Be- because
2: I genuinely think this is, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, tied in position with the DeLorean from Back to the Future as my, my favorite time machine in Interesting. history.
1: I think certainly. If you look at the period of time, this is, looks like a genuine thing that would have been built at it's that time.
2: Unbelievable. Do you want some stuff on that time machine?
0: Please, because it uh, looks fantastic. I have seen a still, I think, from the 60s film where, again, it looks like very similar in its yeah. conception. It's like a, more like umbrellery. A, yeah, like, a, it's, yeah, like sa- it's almost like Santa's sled with like, again, as you said, like a massive sort of yeah. beach yeah. umbrella strapped to the back.
2: Yeah. It was at the time the most expensive film prop ever made. Wow. A million dollars it cost to make that. Wow. And, And it's because it's totally legit. Everything on it is there's nothing there's no like resin parts or anything. It's all polished brass working mechanical parts and it is beautiful i can't
0: believe that it's the most i mean like i know that like straight away the first thing i thought of I was like more than the boat in titanic but that's a, <laughs> that's a set piece not a yeah. pop, i'll take it but like jesus i can't believe this film is the one that was like yeah we're going to make the most expensive thing well ever.
1: You, you made the joke about the the cappuccino and the fact that she calls it a <laughs> yeah. coffee machine at one point the, when he gets off it and you see that it's like a copper part at the bottom mm. i did think at the time that's wow, a nice shiny bit of copper. Yeah, I mean it's it's just shiny's
0: my, a good word. It's very it's a very yeah, shiny toy. Yeah, absolutely.
2: It it weighed four thousand pounds. Jesus. Oh. Um, it took them a year to make. They did like thousands of engineering drawings because the, their approach to it was: we're going to make this as as engineering wise as as correct as we can to how we think it would actually function so there are those kind of i think they're called fresnel lenses i, th- I think it's mentioned actually at one point i certainly on, know that it's
1: it's a it's certainly an optics thing which is something that would have been in the original um time travel because of the fact that he is an an optics scientist in the original oh, right. book, so that would make sense that they would be using lenses. Yeah. I've seen one in real life uh, in a lighthouse.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, they're, they're lighthouse lenses, aren't they? That's what they're mostly used for. And it's, is it something to do with how, how polished the glass is? Because they're incredibly refre- reflective and refractive, I think, as well.
1: Yeah, I think the whole point is that they can turn like a single point source, which would normally go out in a big, you know, a light source would normally basically be a sphere mm. of light. Mm. It can turn that into a, a better directional source, so you can point it where you want point it and it saves lives
2: and i mean that i think is one of the things that kind of comes through from the kind of engineering side of it they when it kind of activates and there's this ball of energy it starts as light and it forms into this kind of ball around him to keep him safe
1: honestly one of the coolest time travel sequences it's beautiful it's, it's absolutely so good.
2: beautiful i think like and really similar to the 1960 version Like the way it kind of encapsulates him and then, you know, you see time changing around him. You know, the greenhouse kind of overgrows and stuff like that. But there's a beautiful sort of half scale model of it in like the film museum in los angeles which i've seen and that's cool and it is beautiful it's like whoever whoever made it and whoever was involved They had a huge team of people working on it and it went on tour it did like the comic cons and stuff in like 2001 before the film came out it's mad it's i just think i i wrote down i wrote specifically in my notes talk about this because i do genuinely think it is a stunning piece of film prop
0: it kind of really speaks to the fact that it's his grandson great-grandson making this Absolutely. Film, you know, it's a love letter yeah, in a right?
2: way. Yeah, it is to to his grandfather. His
0: yeah, uh, you know, his grandfather like conceives this thing and so you don't just want to you don't want to make it slapdash, but there's no, no way yeah. to do it without. You do it full or you don't. you either spend a million or you don't. The, any which way you kind of uh, uh, what's the word? cut back. Mm. It's going to it's going to not be, you know, what your what your great-grandpappy thought of and which is fantastic. it, it looks really great. It adds one of the few established kind of authentic bones to this film. One of the, Mm. the, one of the only elements that looks like super legit. Now he turns on Alex, that large, spinny, very impressive looking device. And again, after some, you know, some quite decent looking graphics and the whole bubble effect, we, we fade to black again. At this point, I wanted to ask what kind of other examples can you think of of films? We've covered films. We've not yet covered or, or maybe won't cover of, specifically i'm going to invent slash uh, uh do time travel to prevent or, or correct the death of my
2: loved one do you think that he that is the reason he's invented it, or do you think he's on the way to inventing it before it happens
0: no, I think the film's
2: like, I you mean, think that is... they're a, they're
0: a poly- you could read into that. Yeah. And it wouldn't be an incorrect reading because like he's yeah. interested in all manners of science sure. and he's interested in. He makes note of the fact that like he, he's had rejections on things that he considers uh, worthwhile endeavors. And they're, they're both kind of like futuristic kind of uh,
1: scientific kind of things. Uh, yeah, I mean, he certainly is. Uh, he's kind of a scatterbrained scientist. Mm. And I do think that he obviously has an obsession with watches and he's talking to Einstein, supposedly, who, of course, we know was kind of dealing in the idea of relativity. So the the purpose is certainly that it's an area that interests him. But there's a real telltale later on in the film when he's talking to one of the Morlocks, the brain Morlock, and he says you wouldn't have invented time travel if she hadn't have died. Mm. So if yeah. if he was on his way, he would never have got there because he probably would have ended up happy. Yeah, exactly, Fair, yeah. Or, or at
0: least yeah. otherwise distracted. You know, in some regard, he's. He, you know, it's definitely. I think the read of the film is is that her death equals, uh, uh, especially giving the conversation that you alluded to later on in the film, James. Uh, uh, it's uh, uh, the read is. Her death impetus for for time travel, which is, again, I mean, we know that there's kind of like elements of that in I'll Follow You Down, for example. Uh, it's not the death of his loved one. It's the death of first his mother and then his uh, 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 child, Haley Joel Osmond. Mm. But I feel like even just separate to like I'll Follow You Down, I feel like it's like a real not vanilla's the wrong word, but like vanilla in its availability, not vanilla in its bland taste of of like an available and and kind of like often seen reason for people to go and do time travel oh my wife has died uh let me go back into the past to correct it or yeah you know girlfriend partner that kind of thing mm.
1: yeah or if the time travel has been invented like in the case of continuum i always forget if it's continuum or the other one beginning with c she uses curvature. the time curvature. Tra- curvature. curvature that's the one she uses the time travel as a result of the death of her spouse although not necessarily to correct the death itself certainly there is a bit of a, a push i mean 41 obviously The whole reason he ends up going back is because of her. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, that's again a direct one of like, she's dead, let me do time travel. He doesn't necessarily invent it, but at least it's still like time travel to prevent death.
2: I I think it's quite impressive how many, well I say impressive, I think it's more of a sort of like, just a statement really, that so many time travel movies have the kind of matters of the heart at their core something happens that affects the person who then time travels. And it's, it, it, I don't, I wouldn't want to call it a cliche, but it is quite an obvious way of doing a time travel film. You need a reason. That seems to be the case. You know, people want a reason to time travel. So
1: True for a lot of films, though, is you yeah, need, when absolutely. you need a push, it makes sense that the push could yeah. be the loss of a loved one. I know it's straight off
0: the bat, at least because I... Don't think you need any other reason to time travel than if someone says, Oh, it's possible, or if you have yeah. realized or invented the possibility, just being like, No, this, that's it. I'm going to do the thing because I'm, I'm doing the thing. I'm having yeah. dinner with Einstein. Yeah, exactly, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, not just DMing him, not just penpacking him <laughs> from across the pond. Slip into Einstein's DM. Daddy Gabe doing things proper. <laughs> Alex is now back in 1899 on the night of the shooting. He he sure knows how to program this bad boy. <laughs> and there's no kind of like allusions to, they don't bother telling us like, how did you guarantee that you landed in the same space? He never
1: tests it, does he? He no. just does it straight just away. No, I'm, I'm the king of time travel. I like, yeah, I <laughs>
0: yeah, like yeah, the yeah. boldness. Yeah, He's yeah. like, oh no, in this adaptation, I've got a name now. I'm the man. <laughs> it's
1: like you you designed the first rocket and you went, right, I've designed a rocket. I'm going to the moon. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: Ironic, considering what he uh, what he sees in the future. Yeah.
2: It very quickly as well deals with the fact of like, it doesn't mention, oh, there's another me in in the past. He, he just becomes the other him.
1: He knows that there's another him because he talks later about like, oh, I'll arrive confused, but he doesn't like... Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, yeah. So, so there is another him There is in a, the past. Well, well, that's the thing. We don't know if there's another him or if he just has taken over his body temporarily or because i think we have to assume there's another him there.
2: well if he takes emma from the park though he doesn't meet her and then which he doesn't what, get shot
1: which is what he says to emma i'm gonna turn up at your house later and I'll be acting confused about why you didn't meet me. Oh,
2: cool. Right. Okay. I I just skipped over that part. Apparently, the whole scene. And so I'm the,
0: the film. I don't think the film does no. enough to. I mean, the film's not interested in Mm-mm. really what's going on with the other guy because you can just you can just breeze through it.
1: We get one return to the past.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And then
1: all the rest of it is nah future. Yeah.
0: And so much of the all of the other time travel that we see is very kind of like um. Hoping I, that's granted, that's the nature of the future. But like, it's it's non-exact. He's just you know just jumps. Whereas he goes specifically back to this specific point in the past that it almost feels like. Yeah, when he steps out, why would why wouldn't there be another one of him there? Why, why? How has he done it? Does he explain to us why well, I'm going to go back ten minutes into? No, he doesn't explain it to us. He wouldn't explain it to a friend to my, Philby if he was there he'd just be like no I'm just because he's as you said James he's very kind of like decisive it's like yep I've got it I'm shooting for it let's hit it cool
1: did you catch a very subtle reference that happens here when he is telling where to go Oh, character I was driver? just about to say that to you oh did you okay. yeah yeah it's is good. it Bleacher Street Bleacher, no, Bleacher, Bleacher Street. Street sorry where Doctor yeah. Strange where lives Doctor Strange <laughs> lives <laughs> <That's> in New <laughs> York yeah yeah it, well yeah It's which is another at that point I mean certainly whoever did this film would have potentially have read the comics and would have known that Bleecker street is where the sanctum oh, is very interesting i and, thought it was just yeah. overlap
0: i was like oh maybe loads of people are using Bleecker street because it's a fun street in new york but yeah maybe he did actually he was into that kind of like because he is a doctor and he is doing some strange stuff and yeah yeah oh totally i didn't yeah. get that at all <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah as we said there will be no perambulating this time they're off to the city instead of for a nice cozy walk to Mugtown. emma still wants her flowers
2: though she uh, fucking wants those flowers she really she? she
0: loves some flowers single track mind yeah And so to remedy that, Alex pops into a florist. And as he pops into the florist, Emma is killed by a runaway carriage. (laughs) There's no getting away from this, right?
1: But the carriage that has run away is spooked by the car that Alex has recently helped that man to fix. If he hadn't helped that man fix the car, it wouldn't have spooked the horse and run her over
0: in so many yeah exactly. if anything he's more culpable for her death this time round whereas before it was just a case of that you, you wouldn't let the ring go you, you know you weren't content to just give the mugger the ring so yeah. no you can you can have everything my watch my wallet but not the ring and so that's the result yeah. of Emma's death now it's just like by your one uh, one step back in the process it's like no you, you, you fixed the car You're two steps back in the process you fixed the
2: car <laughs> that spooked the horses that
0: ran over Emma
1: previously think- it was like manslaughter now it's culpable homicide <laughs> yeah. I think it would have been
2: great if the mugger had just run along and took him the ring off her hand when she was still on the floor. Goes, Should- shouldn't you be dead? <laughs> the florist, by the way, was in the original 1960 film. Oh, was he? So, really? Yeah, an actor from it. Yeah. The wearing, camera, li- the camera the lingers shirt. on him yeah, a little weird. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's wearing the same shirt as well. From the 1960s yeah, film? Like, well, I mean, I don't know for definite, but you, when you look at him, it's like almost the same costume. Oh, wow. Like they just a picked literary. him out of the 60s. He's just dropped kept it in
0: mothballs for the yes. last 40, however many years. This is my moment. It's like, this is my time to shine. <laughs>
1: no, I, I don't think it was even, I think they, they planned it all along. They were yeah. like, how can we make this even more realistic? Yeah.
0: I'll see you in 43 years time. <laughs> After Emma's uh, uh, slightly more chaotic and yet nonetheless tragic death, we again fade to black the third fade to black in the opening 20 minutes of this film a bit much to be honest a little bit much now disillusioned with failing to save emma this this one time into the back alex immediately sort of jumps to the conclusion again quite decisive quite quite straightforward in his uh, no i'm not going to be able to do this i don't think i'm going to be able to solve this issue i need
2: to go forward
1: he only tried once
2: yep Like that's it. One and done. That's it. Eventually, if he just built a room where nothing could get into her and he was like, Come with me quickly, puts her in the room, closes the door. You live here now.
0: I mean, how many times has he time traveled? Total.
2: One.
1: One.
0: He's tried it. One. And it didn't didn't work. And it didn't work. (laughs)
2: I haven't got any more money for flowers.
0: (laughs) Einstein's just been writing him letters saying, please for the love of God practice. (laughs) Just for the love of God, man. And so Alex boots up the time machine and decides, I'm going forward, I need better advice. So he, he hops to a, a random year as far as he's concerned, I'm sure. I don't know if he does any sort of like further maths to work out like the 2030 is going to be the moment he goes to, but he goes to 2030 nonetheless.
1: I like to think it's because he thought, well, I'll, I'll go ahead 100 years and I'll go to like, you know, 1999. And then he went... Now, if anything good's gonna happen, it'll be after that two thousand. Mm, but, <laughs> but how far after? Yeah, uh, thirty. That'll do. Yeah, yeah 20, 30 twenty thirty. More than twenty, but What's less than
0: fifty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the original book, even in the the sixties film, how far does he go for, uh, far ahead by that fixed one hundred years? Oh, it's not even a hundred years in this film, but does he does he have a fixed kind of thing of it? Because so he's going from the year. Granted, he's eighteen ninety nine, four years apart, so he's in the year what nineteen oh three, yeah. So he's from nineteen oh three to twenty thirty. So yeah. again, I'm just doing maths off the top of my head. Uh, ninety seven plus thirty, so one hundred and twenty seven. He goes one hundred and twenty seven years ahead, and that feels a little bit arbitrary, like. I know that we say it would be arbitrary for this film. I'm just wondering if in the book or in the '60s film it is as arbitrary. Well,
2: in in the '60s film, I know for well the one I know for definite is he goes to 1960. So he goes from 18 is it 18, 1899. 1899 to 1960, which is the date that the film is made. So I imagine that's the reason he goes to that time, There's which I do like. Kind of
0: we uh, we have you know we haven't released it as an episode. Yet, uh, <laughs> uh, but the the Philadelphia experiment. Uh, uh, they go to 1984, the year that the film yeah. is coming out. This film comes out in 2002. If you just set the future portion in 2002 or at least just 2003, we've established he's in 1903 when he's doing this. So if you just fix that rigid kind of 100 years, he goes 100 years in the future because surely he's thinking, I need help from people more advanced than I. I'll go 100 years into the future to the year 2003. 127 years. It just feels a, a weird and a bit arbitrary.
1: And I almost feel like they'd set themselves up to... Almost do that with the fact that it's like, oh, well, if it is 1903, that would be 2003. But I think the only reason they don't do that is because they need to get another reason for the world to end. And they had to think of, well, there needs to be some time between now and then because we need a reason for the world to have ended. And it can't just be oh two thousand and three, and now is the disaster because people will watch this and think we're fools. And I guess
0: yeah, people would if you said it in two thousand and three, you don't get to do any of the future stuff that you do with like as we mentioned the cappuccino moment where he's he's obviously in the future. There's some flying cars, there's some there's, you know alternate fashion, all that kind of stuff going on, and so that but it all just amounts to just this one. You just 20, 20, 30, He's in it for a couple of minutes. You get a couple of gags, and then he's back out of it. Um, and that's it's fine. Really, I don't think they care that much that 127 feels arbitrary to three guys making Mm. a podcast about it after the fact.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did wonder, he's in the machine, he's traveling to 2030. What if someone who had pushed those boxes up against that wall and then built that building, he just happens to be an alleyway. What would have happened if someone just filled that with concrete? Would he have just been yeah. encased in concrete?
0: Yeah, he would. Like it's like Nightcrawler in X-Men 2 where he's like, I have to see where I'm going otherwise I'll teleport into a wall. <laughs>
1: yeah, we see him at one point is covered in snow during what we assume is an ice age. Yeah, he's cold inside it so he's yeah. obviously affected by weather. I Which
2: I very well. much like. You, yeah, that's I, exactly what should be happening. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah.
1: So, I mean, I disagree, but we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, but the concrete, why aren't they just pouring concrete directly onto him? Yeah, Like, what do they see? Do they just walk up to this area and go, ooh, I've got to chill in my spine. I don't want to be here. And then back yeah, away.
2: Because, because it's made very clear the time machine doesn't move. One of the things I was going to bring up with you is I think, although I love the design of it, it's so, so impractical. Well, it can't move
0: until you tie the reindeer up in front of it. <laughs> he's got no reindeer, here, is... so it's not going anywhere. Yeah. It's and you said it weighs yeah. like four thousand tons, so no, you know, hench reindeer as well. Four thousand pounds. <laughs> Does he think, for example, that in the year eighteen ninety nine or nineteen oh three, he wrote like a little note for his uh, for his his maid, his 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 nanny or whatever she is, <laughs> his, his housekeeper. Housekeeper. Yeah, housekeeper. his nanny. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just he's a, just a human baby. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, an adult baby. Um, Grow up. She's dead. <laughs> <laughs> a little note for her He was like, like, uh, like Marty McFly yeah, yeah. with Western Union. He writes a note. He gives it to Western Union. Don't sell this land. I want this land, and I want nothing built on it in yeah. perpetuity. And so, at least by the year twenty thirty, land rights are still available. You know, they've got hover cars but you still have uh, permission. That's the only way that I can see it working. Otherwise, that boy should be teleporting into a into a Starbucks, which they will have in twenty thirty, as we know, in the year twenty twenty three. There is also that moment as he's travelling where he he sticks his he uh, unfortunately sticks his hand out of the bubble for a little bit and you see his his fingernails grow and that's something that will kind of come back to Chekhov's gun moment there yeah, yeah. exactly which and there's a couple of those little moments in this that are they're not subtle they are they are right there in yeah, front it's, of it's you it's made as yeah, a point isn't it yeah the, yeah. the subtitle reads remember this. <laughs> <laughs> film does also accurately in 2030 predict Boris bikes as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Ken Livingston bikes, as we should more accurately call them. Sure. But uh, uh, it does, that's the one bit that it got right. doesn't roll off the tongue
2: as well, though, does it? Ken Livingston bikes. No, no, it doesn't.
1: <laughs> there was a little bit I had, a, like a really weird minor problem. It's just like my own head problem here. That they establish a lunar colony. Fine, whatever. But why did they choose to do it on the side of the moon that never faces the Earth? I just don't understand why you would build the colony somewhere where you couldn't then look back at the planet. You're they've
0: front. been Boston Tea Partied. They they don't want to talk or see Earth. They they're, they're nothing <laughs> to do it. They, We're done with this the, planet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we don't want. We're, we're sun facing, not sun facing either, because it's dark. It's, not, it's the it's dark just... side of the moon. Oh, yeah. there is oh, no dark waiting, side. They're waiting for the Transformers to land. There That's is no happening. dark the, side. There is no dark side Wait, of the moon. Wait,
1: what? Technically, there is no dark side of the moon. We just there's one face that always faces us. Yeah. So when we don't see that, when there is a like a new moon or no moon that's because the other side of the moon is facing away from us, but it could be facing the sun. Okay. In fact, if you think about a solar eclipse, you've got the side of the moon that you always see is facing you, and then as it goes across the sun, you now can't see the sun because the sun's on the other side of the moon. Well, guess what that other side of the moon is staring right at? Yeah,
0: that is a good point. So is there is there there are times when sides of the moon are dark. It's just not, there's no bit of it that is permanently dark. Yes, correct. The, the momentary dark side of yeah. the moon. And in fine. fact,
1: the f- side that faces the Earth would be bright more often just because of the reflection from the earth it's the the albedo of the earth would be giving a a bright light much how the moon goes up you're definitely right
2: though i would want to see the earth if i had a just a house on the moon
1: well do you know what i've just also sort of thought about
0: do you want to spit down on them is that what you're trying to
1: do (laughs) (laughs) Earthlings. (laughs) (laughs) i'm a moon boy (laughs) did you catch the way they were kind of marketing the moon though
2: Oh yeah, I died, you know I did.
1: It's, it's like low gravity so your golf swing will be better oh, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. your back won't hurt. It's an old people's home on the moon. It's an old people's home. Yeah, it's a retirement village for people from And there. so
0: as we know the boomers ruined it. <laughs> 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 they, they
1: ruined the whole oh, moon. We're back to the Tories. Uh, <laughs> and uh of course we we're slightly skipping ahead here to the moon being destroyed. We hear that they're detonating 20 megaton warheads under the surface yeah. which is which is a big I mean What's... I think the biggest ever was 50 megatons. Yeah. But you would need, like, 50 billion megatons to damage the moon. You such, just
2: it's such an Earth suggestion, isn't it? I know,
0: you know, exactly. We should do, you just
1: blow it up from the inside.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the grandson of Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, yeah. just up there. We've done that, <laughs> Armageddon though. didn't happen in this timeline.
1: We, we've made caves with nuclear bombs before on Earth, so, I mean, it makes sense to try and do it on the moon.
0: Fucking boomers. <laughs> We are a third of the way into the film at this point we 're roughly thirty minutes ish we, we haven 't really touched too much on the runtime, but I think that we all appreciate a one and a half hour movie and that there 's a lot more uh, you, a lot more leeway with a film that 's uh, one and a half hours even you know stuff. This is partially why we acknowledge that about time feels longer than it, it feels shorter than it is to You're surprised by the two hour runtime whereas like this, on the other hand, I was very surprised when I turned it on that it was only an hour and a half in my memory and I think this this. This is partially because when you're a kid, all films feel kind of like they're a long time because time is, you know, how time works for you in youth. I, in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, this is like a proper film film. This is like two hours, maybe two hours, 20. And this is a solid right down the middle, one hour, 36, 34, something like that, Mm -hmm. real kind of like. You can only imagine that there's either a lot on the editing floor that didn't make it, a lot that couldn't make it, or just that they were like, listen, we need to we need to make our money back, and so we can't put people through a slog. Something along those lines.
1: Well, yeah, I think when you're 12, you know, two hours worth of film is about, like, por- 0.001% of your life. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're 30-plus... it ends up being somewhere over 30 (laughs) it's it's point not 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 one like it's such a like it really ends up being such a tiny portion of your life compared Mm. to when you were 12
0: Mm. yeah yeah definitely alex a man after my own heart decides where can i go get some knowledge he visits the public library and he meets the hologram uh hologram ai vox 411
1: sassy orlando jones
0: sassy orlando jones love a bit of orlando jones is Orlando Jones? I hope so. No,
1: no. The, uh, <laughs> the hologram. Uh, is the hologram sent you? You're
0: right, because I stumbled on saying AI. He's definitely a hologram. Yeah. But I, I can't remember if they specifically say AI. I feel like maybe he says it in... I think he says artificial intelligence in his explanation of what he is, but they don't linger on it too much.
2: There's a, there's a couple of little things here that are probably worth mentioning. So the, the name Vox 411, that's a Kubrick reference. Kubrick... Oh, the four one one has a lot to do with four one one. It's yeah. in a lot of his films. It's like the the Disney a one one three thing that the number that keeps coming up in Disney and Pixar movies. And also, he was originally a robot, but they wanted to capitalize on the success of Steven Spielberg's AI.
1: Which
0: oh wow! Okay, okay. This yeah, this would have come out
2: around yeah, the same around time. That time. Yeah, it's around that time. And
0: again, AI is called AI.
2: AI so you're damned AI. if you're going to use yeah. the word
0: AI in this script. You can say artificial intelligence because yeah. people aren't that smart. You ain't it, using the. You ain't. Using don't use that. my term. Yeah. Also, he's got Jude Law as opposed to, or like Orlando Jones. Love him, great guy. But like, Jones. you've got Jude Law as your AI in your film, so you can't make him a, a robot. Yeah. Hologram is a fine thing. I like the whole like screen thing they do in the library. as Oh, well. I
2: really yeah, that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's great. I like the. It's not one big screen. You know he like vanishes for a second and comes back into the next i think that's really cool
0: there's also i think as he as he's walking through there's doesn't someone threaten dna resequencing on him
1: oh yeah one of the teachers threatens a pupil she's like i, I will resequence your dna so me like, <laughs> wow <laughs> wow <laughs> i will turn you into a pile of jelly that, <laughs> uh, yeah yeah exactly <laughs>
0: I'm going to give you a really inconvenient mole right now. (laughs) You'll need to get
2: it checked in about five years.
1: (laughs) That's. I mean, that is like such a weird insult that obviously someone who doesn't understand dna has thought yeah that's what the future will do
0: yeah exactly at the push of a button i can just make sure that you've got three elbows <laughs> i will also say that uh, uh just taking it back to orlando jones i like that little blur effect they have on him yeah as he's moving along he kind yeah. of like yeah it's good that's the kind of thing where you when you find out oh we can't make him a robot because of because of who who said that it was steven
2: spielberg Spielberg's oh thing. oh yeah. you can't have those bikes that fly either that's yeah also
0: robert zemeckis called he said he just told you to fuck off <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now alex uses eventually but after you know a bit of mild back and forth he uses vox 411 i'll just call him vox he uses vox uh, uh to do a bit of searching and vox you know gives him the benefit of i have the combined wealth of all of humanity in me uh he he mentions uh isaac asimov he said he's talking you know he, he there's yeah. a big old good old bing search happening for for yeah, some he's uh, referencing time travel. the
2: huge science fiction authors basically of 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 well, what I thought
0: was really interesting is you've got like kind of like both ends of the scale. He mentions yeah. Isaac Asimov and uh, End of Eternity. I think it's like mid 50s, 1950, 1950 mm-hmm. something, uh, which is like, you know, a, a, a literary, a really impressive literary work about time travel and, and the, the possibilities therein. And then he also mentions Harlan Ellison, who is the Outer Limits and the Twilight Zone, yeah. which is nice. You could have just hammered it home with like another. And we will we will get on to uh, Mr. Verne in a second mm-hmm. um, of mention in the Back to the Future episode episodes you could have just gone with a couple more you could you've, you've already spaffed your einstein mention earlier on in the film so you can't mention any of his works yeah. you're not gonna get so but it's it's kind of like a nice novelty to to mention uh, uh some kind of entertainment thing of like yeah. oh yeah he did the outer limits
1: uh, oh yeah and of course the andrew lloyd webber musical version wow. right which <laughs> we wow. all need to see
0: and then I think, I think what we'd all appreciate if we were to go to the future is that you, when referencing great works about the thing you're very interested in, someone turns around and goes, the, and then there's your stuff. <laughs> I have that yeah. on file yeah. as well.
2: I see they didn't mention the Time Travel Film Club in podcasts in this. Well, they'll yeah. get to it, you know, you retroactively. Know, it, it's in there somewhere, yeah. surely.
1: I will pay someone right now <laughs> to re-edit this film to have him say, and Time Travel Film Club, of course, I want to be... <laughs>
0: Ultimately, uh, very unsatisfied with the findings from Vox 411. Uh, our boy Alex just decides, again, bold boy, just walks out and goes like, much further forward. Nah, fuck it. Much this further. Right. Much
1: further. Seven years.
0: I'm not going to go home for a bit. I'm not going to rest and, and think about what's going on here. Much further forward. And so off to 20, 30, years, steps out, immediate regret. Immediate regret. Why? Because, as we said, the moon is shattering. The moon is shattered, uh, to be honest. It's, it's, it's in a very bad way. The police are there. You're getting arrested. The moon is shattered. You're getting arrested. Bad times for all. Luckily, manages to get away. Bumps his head, though, as he's getting into the time machine, as you do. Clumsy Alex, too forthright, too bold. Uh, bangs his head. <laughs> spins the wheel, the roulette wheel, or the, 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 the jackpot slot machine of, of time. And he the is, price off is too- right. <laughs> Spinning yeah, <exactly>. the giant.
1: <laughs> the difference engine. Sorry, the difference engine. Is that
0: what they call it, the difference yeah, engine?
1: Yeah. Is that? Did they say that yeah. in the film? I think, I I think I that it. is a that is
2: a common term for there is a, a device developed uh, I think pre World War World War One I, I think called the difference. Oh, engine. if you're
1: thinking of Babbage, that was like eighteen pre World War One. I. I think.
0: What I don't know what's going on. What's Ch- Babbage? Charles, is it just Charles like Babbage. rogue cabbage? Charles, ba- <laughs>
1: Charles Babbage invented the first ever computer. Okay. The Difference Engine. It was basically a big old calculator. um, And it was all valves and steam. And it was back in uh, the late 1800s, I believe. And that's
2: exactly what it looks like. And that's what it looks like. I also have another... This whole sequence was a lot longer in the original cut of this film. Really? Yeah, this whole, like... Horrible oh, the whole future. like twenty thirty seven. Yeah, yeah, and there was a scene that the reason it's it's kind of short. And it's very short, very very short. It's very because short because what happened in the original cut was a huge chunk of the moon straight through the World Trade Center.
3: Oh, and obviously,
2: literally, this was filmed that year. Yeah. So, so Simon Wells came to it and was like, oh, "We've got to cut that scene down." Basically. Well, yeah, precisely. New York is <laughs> just destroyed
1: completely in that yeah sequence. first spider-man now this what haven't the terrorists ruined <laughs> <laughs> when oh will my we God. Where is where is <laughs> when will we get <laughs> back <laughs> our
0: entertainment
2: <laughs> but yeah so that, that's why this is so much shorter
0: it does feel very intentionally stunted uh Almost completely throw away other than to establish that the moon was destroyed, although you could have, you know, just provided like a real big hint in 2030 and saved yourself this kind of thing. But fine, whatever. At least it provides the, the kind of reason why he stumbles and why he ends up in the year 802,701. It's can a can bit further, is it?
1: There's a few things in the scene as he's going forward. We see,
0: oh God, a, I, I, the second that there's a like a time montage, yeah. I know James is spot uh, yeah, yeah, and no, stuff. Yeah, I know yeah.
1: why is there an allosaurus in this? <laughs> there was there was some geology in action there that was very speedy, forming over a, a river valley at just a, an unbelievable speed. Um, that I was I was not convinced by. <laughs> and there's a few other times that this film just does away with geology. So later on, there's a time uh, when he's fighting a more like where there's some stalactites growing at just an absolute alarming race. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't hugely happy about that.
0: You raise a very good point in that almost every time they do the fast forward of time in this whether he's inside the bubble or whether they're sort of like zooming out and showing you even more even when he goes from uh, 1903 to uh, 2030. The pace by which things move is not identical for everything. The plane. The plane. <laughs> the thank plane. you for mentioning <laughs> yeah. it. The plane. Yeah. How irritating is that? Not yeah. you wouldn't see the plane, let alone the fact that, like, when he sticks his hand out and 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 his fingernails start to grow, three seconds and your hand's falling off. <laughs> yeah, it's three gone. Three seconds. You've lost
2: all of your fingertips. You've, That's you've got what's happening Thirty happened there.
1: years worth of hands growing. <laughs> right. Bof. From malnourishment. Well, at certainly,
2: the least. certainly, <laughs> you'd bring his hand back and it would be a completely different size. Uh, the, Surely, all wasted or the, like.
1: The blood, where's the blood going? I don't understand. Oh God, yeah.
0: But, well, exactly. God. Where's where? If you feed yourself in the bubble, do you you know? If you, uh, what happens, do you get the muscle benefit in the palm? Who uh. knows? And so the all of the pacing of the future stuff. And to be honest, like yes, sure, you spent some money on CGI. It doesn't look bad either. I'm not going to say you know for the time for, for 2002. It doesn't look terrible. It does it look great? No. As as you mentioned, James, I, I watch this in SD. So it's never going to look that good. It's just going to. But it's, nor is it a sound of. Thunder, which looks terrible, we remember, and so it it looks fine. But get your pacing right, lads, because it's so annoying. Yeah, and
1: and this is where there's the temperature problem in my head. So he's he's obviously supposed to be encased in ice or snow at one point, and he's he's shivering and cold. But I don't understand. I mean, I can just about let them get away with light getting into it as the kind of reflections, whatever. But the temperature—how is the temperature exchange happening? Because it would have to be air flowing in and out with air being colder to get in but again we've established that his sphere whatever it is stays steady in the same place arrives in a new place whatever i don't understand how there could be any transfer without their the, the air rushing in at the speed of sound you know mm.
0: nor do i like it to be honest and i think it's like either go the whole hog or don't so either he should be freezing to death because oh, temperatures yeah. getting in there's no way he should be survive. you can't just make him a little bit cold as if like oh well it's just like you're sitting in a room and that's a window it's and either so-
1: thousands of years of cold or it's no cold at all yeah. precisely exactly yeah
0: And again, having arrived in the year 802,701, we, at least the final time I was paying attention to it, we fade to fucking black again.
2: (laughs) It's a choice, isn't it? Yeah.
0: At least this time he's passing out or or is passed out. So it kind of makes a little bit of like uh, sense. Waking up in a tent, uh, Alex follows a young boy out onto the ladders and the bridges of a dwelling that's built into the cliffs. It looks very, you know, kind of, looks very unique. This is one of the things that one of the few images that I remembered in the year 2023, having seen this over 20 years ago. One of the few things I remembered takeaways of this movie was, oh, yeah, they all live in like pods on a cliff.
2: Yeah, it's. A, I think I, I quite liked it. It's quite a nice visual image. It's those kind of like I describe it as like clamshells. They're almost like yeah, kind of stuck on the side of the cliffs, and it's nice. It's a it's a sort of nice way of showing that they are there are a civilization that lives kind of that still needs what human beings need. So they're by a river, and you know they're up high to keep them safe. And yeah, I thought it was a nice sort of like visual image, really.
1: A couple of interesting points here, which is the first. The original story and then also the 60s version it's more like they live in a kind of garden of eden mm. um it's kind okay. of like it's sort of like everything's provided for them so they become very naive and kind of weak and simple and honestly they described as childlike as opposed to what we see here which is essentially just people these just look like normal people and there's also a little reference there where she talks about him being an idiot and how they were going to throw him into the river which is how he originally meets the Eloy because he saves ah. he saves one from drowning because yeah. they're too naive and stupid to understand that they need to save somebody from drowning they would just watch one of themselves literally die in front of them because they have essentially no cognizance to save them that
0: sounds a lot better everything you said would fit in this movie were they to have included it and and it's not like they didn't have time available to them the movie's only (laughs) an hour and 36 minutes so you could have god knows why they just decided oh we're not gonna pad out the explanation, the the, pad out the alloy to be honest uh, just give just give me any anything more about them
2: just 10 more minutes of their kind of like how they've come to be would have been nice, I think.
0: Yeah. All I know is you've, you've fast-forwarded yourself to the year 800 and 2,701. I definitely look back at the paper every time I'm saying that, listener. Yep, That's not sure. rolling off the tongue. Sure, sure, sure. You fast-forwarded yourself to West Country Island in the year 800, <laughs> Okay, yeah, well. 701, okay? And, and these lovely future Irishmen I have welcomed you into they're no longer capable of living on the surface of the country. They now have to live on the on the lovely shores. But as I'm sure anyone who's been to Donegal can, take, can say, it's a gorgeous place to live. It's beautiful. It's
2: beautiful around there.
0: Giants Causeway just down the road oh, from damn, where that's they what it this. Looks yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Yes, yes, yes. laughs> and I mention the island with intent because, sure. as we said, uh, uh, the she in question that mentions uh, the throwing into the river is uh, uh, Samantha Mumba. Is, is Mara. God's going to play the
2: music then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Adam and I had set up this elaborate ruse when he would just start playing Samantha
2: Mumba. It's a banger. Banger, absolutely banger.
0: Mara is, crucially... English speaking, and uh, because everyone else speaks Gaelic, uh,
1: she's, uh... <laughs> you know, I would have loved it if they just actually made them speak. Yeah, yeah. Gaelic. just do it. It's, you're in Ireland now; it doesn't matter.
0: What a great film! Who wouldn't want to go? I want to go to Ireland in today and in one
1: eight hundred thousand years. Plenty of
2: Irish heritage in New York as well. I feel we've just moved straight on in time.
1: <laughs> you, you talk about her speaking English. I mean if you look at the English language now versus 800 years ago, it's unrecognisable. Mm. How from learning from stone tablets are they speaking English? They could have gotten away with this as well. They have Orlando Jones. Why didn't they just say, oh yeah. That's we... how... Why didn't they just say that? Yeah. Why
2: Inexplicably
0: later in the film, I, I, I wanted to bring this up is that like they say, oh, that's the place we, we don't talk about. The place we can't go. What? Do you mean the place with all the knowledge?
1: The good, the best place you possibly yeah. could go. He if said, oh,
0: where ghosts, where ghosts speak. And it's like, yeah, that's just...
1: It,
2: How... it's, it's one ghost and it's Vox. <laughs> it's just him. How do we improve ourselves as a society? Just ask that guy. He knows everything from the last 800 years. In
1: fact, if they'd said, do you know what? What we're going to do instead, the plot now, is the whole reason that they can speak English and that they have a society is that when they manage to resurface after all the disaster... They found Orlando Jones and he helped them rebuild. That would have been a way better plot point. Yeah, absolutely. I
0: I can't speak to whether they are sort of hamstrung by needing to to keep it close to the original book. I haven't read it. Keep it close to the 1960 film. I haven't seen it. So I don't know. I don't I almost don't want to criticize because I know that there's there's that adaptation element in play. If, if that adaptation element isn't in play then r- like what are you doing it's not you, you have so well then, <laughs> then what well then yeah. what are you doing because yeah. you've got a lot of potential here. You've got a uh, 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 the, w- the whole thing about what would humanity be like in 800,000 years. And all you've given us so far is admittedly a very welcome insight into them being Irish. But that aside, <laughs> I, I give us more, especially in terms of language. And the language is, is quite wonky in this film, to be honest, because there's uh, later on when Mara isn't available and Alex has to start talking to the LOE, the the guy that he speaks to, just speaks in in broken English. And the level, the the, the sophistication of the words that he's understanding, there's no kind of, they don't have a fixed rule and they don't have a particularly fixed understanding.
2: I think probably one of the reasons for that is that John Logan, who's the screenwriter for this, invented that language.
0: Oh, the Eloy language. Yeah,
2: and it, it, and I think as well, it, it's very clear that it is a made-up language. I know all languages
1: are made up for James Johnson.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can see him. I can see him twitching in the corner.
1: Uh, I'm I'm a firm believer in the Tower of Babel. I think it was all sure. in the Bible, mate. The, uh, that big tower was built, and oh. everyone got new languages. Wasn't Apart expected, from
2: yeah. Welsh, that makes, no, from sense. Welsh, <laughs> makes no sense. Apart no sense. But no, it's it's very much it doesn't doesn't flow like how I would imagine a language to flow. It's very sort of like stopping and starting the way they're talking to each other so yeah i think that's probably the reason for that
0: i would have put, and i would have maybe put less effort into crafting the Eloy language and just more effort into how am i going to make the uh the the conversing between alex and any of these people yeah. at least kind of work like kind of believable and as you said james like 800,000 years, man. <laughs> like it's not, not 50 years and 50 years would be hard. You know, it's not like uh, uh, I use this as an analogy sometimes uh, when I'm trying to explain why Brazilian Portuguese speakers and Portuguese Portuguese speakers find it very difficult uh, to understand each other. Um, uh, one of the kind of comparisons is like Egyptian Arabic compared to Iraqi Arabic. But also if you bring someone from Australia or someone from Tennessee and put them in front of a Geordie, they are both speaking English and yet it's very, very difficult. Yeah. And so I would have maybe appreciated something like that where english has kind of developed or warped its way into this kind of like crazy thing where it's you kind of get the core but you absolutely have no idea what the strings holding it together are it's not a big complaint it's just something that there are there are two distinct moments where you sit there and think like i'm just gonna completely suspend my disbelief and just go like yeah whatever samantha mumba you know it and none of none of the other people know it
2: sure do we want to talk about samantha mumba for a second Always. (laughs) Always. <laughs> in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, I think her career was really <laughs> wonderful. Um, do you want to know how she got cast in this? Because I think I, I really... I, think, I've, I thought this is weird
0: casting. I really would love to know, because in 2002, this was weird casting. So yeah. it's not like in 2023 it looks odd. It is still, because, uh, like, I'm sure she did other stuff, but this is the only famous Samantha
2: Mumba, like, Hollywood performance. It's not as interesting a tale as it would seem literally the casting director saw her in like people's choice magazine and was like i like the look of this person get her an audition cool it's literally that far i mean i presume they looked at her and they I thought... i don't know if
0: she ha- can act but cool like it, it is a, a bit literally it's, it's a bit slapdash right
2: and i don't there was only a few auditionees for this role considering it is the main it's the number 2 it's role it's the number in this 2 movie. role in this yeah. whole film and yeah, she just got it off of the merit of somebody saw her in a magazine and thought, yeah, she and looks... got the horn. She... Uh, well, part of me was like, maybe it was an admirer. <laughs> maybe yeah. the casting director was an admirer. What's interesting um, is
0: that I think with the whole like Irish thing, uh, again, joke aside, the the sort of seeming leader, the the sort of eldest male that you see at the front of the of the of the, of the LOI a lot of the time, the one that Alex struggles to talk to after Myra disappears he has an irish twang to his accent when he's speaking and Mm. even the the little boy even Murrah's younger brother has an irish twang to it so i would have thought maybe they just did a lot of casting in ireland and so samantha Mumba as like not necessarily the most like famous irish person or a well-known irish actor at the time because otherwise liam neeson would be in this
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, in star wars mate yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, 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 he's doing
2: bigger movies right now yeah
0: I, so, I would have thought maybe there was just something in there in that, well, they were casting in Ireland, and so Samantha Mumba rocked up. Um, not that she was like fixed to the country or anything, but like, I'm surprised it's just like people's choice. Because again, like, mm. I mean, cool, rogue casting director just doing things a bit non, uh, uh, you know, not the beaten trail. Like, I'm just going to pick up magazines and be like, hey, you, come on in.
2: Mm. It was interesting. I read an interview with her in 2002, just after the movie came out, and. She basically says, you know, she wanted this to be the start of her film career. And really, weirdly enough, I found out some more bits and pieces on her. She was due to get one of the big supporting roles in The Matrix.
1: I had no Ooh, idea.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. It, it, was, it was in, uh, what's the second one? Reloaded. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, yeah. and they go to Zion. She, um, I can't remember the, the um, actress's name, um, but she's she's one of the crew's Wife's and she's quite a prominent role. Okay. Um, oh yeah,
1: I know the one you mean. You'll know exactly who yeah, it is, yeah, like, from just yeah. knowing it. But one
2: of my was, Obi's friends. I don't know what. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Imagine
0: that. Samantha Mumba could have been in that game, the PS2 game. Oh my god! You yeah, you could the have played as Samantha it's it's Mumba.
1: <laughs> that is a fantastic, it's a great, game. It's a great, and if great you game. you only learn part of the plot because of that game. There's a bunch of good
2: Matrix games. The Path of Neo is a great game as well. But anyway, yeah. So like, th- there was that one. Um, th- there was a bunch of other big film roles that she was rumored to be auditioning for and she did audition for the matrix role but i think probably just got beaten at the last minute by whoever took over from that part but i think she was planning on making a big move to film um, and it I, just never sort of happened
0: i think it's really interesting because like samantha mumba just as a pop star is still pretty much not a one-hit wonder but it's very much like a flash in the pan moment it's like do you remember the the summer of mumba you know what i mean like <laughs> summer of mumba <laughs> and i mean yeah. that's honestly I'm not trying to be a dick. Formative that, that's generous. That's generous. you are talking about here. I like, well, no, I was just to say like, summer is generous because it was like the fortnight of Mumba. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, because I mean, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just saying that like, you know, uh, if if you were talking about like, oh, I'm going to start mentioning some pop stars from the years 2000 to 2004 that you might have forgotten about. If this was pop star from the early 2000s film club, weirdly or music club, Good. like Samantha Mumba would be uh, would be a pull. You'd be like, do you yeah. remember this? And you'd be like, oh wow, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And very much one of those like, do you remember this song?
0: Uh, oh, oh no, yeah. I, I do
1: remember this. I liked this song. Yeah, like one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Sorry, I do it again. I know you've I been listening. To it. To it. To I listened it. to it last night for research, Played for it to research your wife. purposes. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, and you know, just she tried to make a comeback in like 2020 as well, and do a tour which tried sold to. poorly. Yeah. Just, There's a single she released, which blew my little mind. But
0: you know, I mean, they, you know, they all give it a whirl, and good luck to, good luck to all of them. Uh, uh,
2: But still, a weird choice, I think, in my, in my opinion. I just, it uh,
0: is, it is. I mean, uh, who knows? Maybe in uh, twenty years' time, someone will look back on like Christina Aguilera in Burlesque and be like, oh, this is a weird relic. But Christina Aguilera is way more famous than Samantha Mumba, so it
2: kind of it tracks a bit more. Mm. And by the way, you mentioned. Mara's brother sounding kind of Irish yeah I don't I can't remember his name he's just like Caelan Kalen in the movie yeah Kalen. Omera Mumba
1: oh another oh. Mumba
0: That's her actual brother
2: yeah oh, her real right. that's that the
0: career that we need to be tracking right now <laughs> that guy's you
2: know he's got it that kid has into the hawk list,
0: I wonder... <laughs> the hawk
2: list. <laughs> I'm gonna change it every time
0: <laughs> I uh, uh I wonder who has more lines in this Kalen or Mara because caitlin it's
1: close i bet it's it must close.
0: be real close yeah, yeah. right
2: he, he's a good little child actor like to yeah like, totally natural so,
0: i mean there's no no one in this is someone who i would be like that's bad acting or i didn't like that acting or like you have set yourself apart
2: yeah. dodgy it, accents but that's about it i, I yeah. mean the story behind that as well is that the casting director was like we need somebody to play her her brother a little brother who looks like looks like her and she was like well what about this one? I've what got about one? this one? Who's the same age? <laughs> and oh, like, that's you know, fantastic. So yeah, that's that's where that comes from. So
0: uh, I mean, feasibly, that kid is also has never acted before.
1: No, yeah, not at all. Yeah, which again,
0: again that's even more impressive than Samantha. Mm-hmm.
1: We also get a a little mini convincer chat here. Uh, he's obviously attempted to explain it to her at one point, and she's fobbed him off as a, a wandering idiot. But then later, she is willing to listen a little bit more to what he's telling her. And she's basically seems keen that if he is genuinely from another place, another time, fair. She's, sure. she's willing to believe it. If it's a better place than here, even better.
0: It's yeah. It's uh, the you're right to kind of like pinpoint the tone of like yeah. It's just she's she's cool with it. She yeah. she's she questions. Yeah. She delves a little bit, but she's pretty cool with it because quite frankly, he is not an Irish cliff living person, and so that's all you know. And I've, she's
1: seen his dress sense.
0: Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Look at him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he looks a lot different now compared to when he was traveling earlier on in the film. He's gone through a couple of looks.
1: Oh, oh now he's become the handsome engineer. Oh, Sammy oh, has. Damn I, he has. He's would way, you say? Oh, much more so.
2: I didn't even see him as a human being earlier in the film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being he's honest. Sort of, he grows column. that beard, lets his hair down. Fuck that guy's a hottie. I'm just on board with it. You know, says a man with long hair and a beard. Fuck yeah, I like myself. <laughs> it's a it's a nepotism. No he's... nepotism. That's not what I mean. <laughs> Narcissism. Narcissism. He's None a man who us.
0: suits the year eight hundred and two thousand. You know? <laughs> he gets he gets better with age he and does. this he really he's, he's gets aged. like a fi- like the finest of wines. Yeah. You have to leave him for, you know, eight hundred K years. Now they the the convinced chat and their introductions and the general kind of getting to know each other is interrupted by nightfall, which A provides us a sight of the moon for the first time in the year eight hundred and two
2: thousand. James. Does the moon still reflect the light back at Earth the same way if it's completely destroyed in the sky? Because it's Uh, very destroyed in the sky now. I I, I looked at it and I was like, Mm. James will have a comment on that, surely.
1: So the the moon's, again, we've mentioned albedo before. So Mm. the albedo of the moon is um, is essentially to do with how reflective it is of the light. It's actually not as reflective as you might think. It's just close, and that's why it looks so bright. Certainly some of those smaller bits would probably not as reflect as well as they do. The, the fact that the moon is such a large surface, mm. so close is what works. You'd still get a nice glow from it, though. There's no reason right. why you wouldn't. Theoretically, if it broke up into a ring, you'd be able to see the ring at night from the glow that you'd get, which would, if anything, be quite nice. Yeah, be really cool. I'm thinking,
0: like, if you smash a mirror, the mirror still mirrors.
1: Yeah, the little bits of mirror still mirrors. You've mirror.
0: created 50 mirrors, and so they have <laughs> so the <yours>.
1: 100 moons <laughs> in the sky. But the, the flatter the surface, the better the mirror. So if it's lots of little tiny, ragged little lumps... That's obviously not going to do quite so good a job at reflecting.
2: But like you say, Scott, if you smash the mirror, you have a million tiny mirrors. They've got loads of moons in the
0: future, and a lot of one hundred and two thousand.
1: Um, I do also want to point out that the darkness section here—they are really should be being shown as being much more afraid of the dark than they are, because part of the original story is that they are terrified of the dark because it's on the moonless nights. That they get kidnapped by the Morlocks. Oh, okay. So that's one of the reasons why they are kind of oh, it's bedtime now. Let's go to bed. Was purely because it's the safest place for them to be to not be kidnapped.
0: And to be honest, there's a little bit of that in that they call it oh the night. They call the night the moor. Nice, sure, I'm in. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know, uh, Caelan is quite scared of of nighttime, but. Everything you just said, James, is stuff that like why not put that in this film? Why not just give us a couple more lines of dialogue? It just needs a bit more explanation or, yeah. or at least a couple more of them on on in in frame couple more people looking quite scared as opposed to just this one small isolated scene to be like yeah bad stuff happens at night time so we should go to bed it's like oh, well it's not yeah. that bad if you're just gonna you're living in a tent i Did could you... i could get through that with a small small blade we even hear just...
1: later that one of them does break into their tent to steal his watch yeah. at some yeah. point so it just does feel a bit thin doesn't it, it feels
2: a bit like the, the stakes don't feel as high as they should be at this stage people are being taken from their home and their family members and just vanished into the night, dragged underground through like sinking sinking sand. So like it's it's frightening. to be honest.
0: Nothing's at the level it should be at no. in the sense of like the stakes of how much danger you think they're in are not at the level. The level of uh, uh, as you mentioned, James, uh, you said with um, them being like a very naive, very uneducated people because life is just been so good for them they just get handed everything we don't see where they're we don't get any information about them like where are they getting their food from they don't even explain why they live on the side of a cliff we just take it as well these are future people so i guess they're living in a different way and that's that's fine but it makes for kind of a shallow film Mm. yeah
1: and there's a few sort of other little references that we'll come to shortly when we meet the morlocks and I'll I'll go a bit more into it there as well. It
2: might just be that they want the scene that comes later on, where the more like start abducting people, to feel more shocking, which it does. It is quite an intense sequence, and maybe it is kind of just held back a little bit so it's not too worrisome beforehand. Maybe, which but... yeah,
0: to be fair, that's a very good point. Just mm. like mild foreshadowing, because yeah. you want there to be a bit of a shock later on down the line. That, yeah, that's very fair. While Alex is getting his, you know, night's rest in the moor, he has a, a, a weird dream, a weird dream with some some Jezza Irons uh, a voiceover. Yeah. The next morning, as he's kind of trying to explain his dream, Myra says, oh, yeah, we all we all have that dream. That's the regular thing that happens in the year 802,000. We all dream of Jeremy Irons whispering to us slowly. It happens I mean, now.
3: Yeah, sometimes.
0: <laughs> How else do you get aroused? <laughs> Alex, also, you know, after uh, uh, later on in the day, he explains why he's been time traveling. He mentions Emma and the situation, to which Mara replies, "Oh, don't worry. Uh, we, the Eloy, in the future, we don't we don't dwell on the past. We don't dwell on the dead. We build wind turbines for them."
1: Well, uh, the whole reason they don't dwell on the dead is because there aren't. The dead are just taken away. They don't see corpses yeah. because they are just kidnapped. And they talk about how there's no older people, and it's because they are they target the. Not necessarily eldest, but certainly the strongest and the mm. most adaptable people yeah. to kidnap.
2: Because, I mean, why wouldn't you? That's the sensible thing to do if you're yeah.
1: kidnapping. Yeah. So they never, they don't see corpses, so of course they don't no. draw on the dead, because it's literally out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And there's,
0: yeah, well, that, precisely that, because there's the, later on when Myra goes missing, uh, no one gives a, no one gives a shit.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody nope. gives a shit. They just carry shit. on with yeah. their yeah. lives.
0: Oh, Myra's gone? Great. I've wanted to build another turbine for the last two <laughs> weeks. I've just been waiting she's for someone. Some got nice stuff one. in her nest. Yeah. Also, Let's like, have that. We really liked her, so we can make a doubly big wind turbine this time. Fantastic. <laughs> I had knocking around in my memory something about Jeremy Irons. We we had the little whisper moment in the dream that they're all having. Something about Jeremy Irons playing H. G. Wells. Because I remember looking like like a year ago f- in research for, for the film club, I remember looking at I wanted to like find out some information about H. G. Wells. Oh, it was when we were looking at the curvature uh, uh episode and her husband is called Wells and I was like clicking around and I found out that Jeremy Irons has played H.G. Wells in oh. a 1992 film called *The Timekeeper*. The weirdest Wikipedia article I've read about a film in a long time. This film is like a composite film that was done in 360. So the whole film is filmed <laughs> in 360 and you have to go and sit in a special cinema with a 360 screen oh, and it happens around you and it happens around
3: oh, you weird.
0: and like it's like a meditation on like time and space so like there's just a moment where H.G. Wells is played by by I but like there's someone else who plays Jesus and there's someone else who plays Einstein and there's someone is it else like who one can...
2: of those ones where like when you go to like NASA and they have like a room where you go in and learn the story of yeah, space and time Exactly. But, like, like a Jeremy planetarium owns. yeah like a planetarium It's like
0: that but I think it was maybe at like Universal Studios or something like that That's I mean, crazy. Something Film-wise, right. but it's the weirdest thing of like, yeah, he did play HG Wells, but it doesn't matter at all because that <laughs> film is wild, and it's not even if it is barely a film kind of right, thing. Oh yeah, you. just just a weird one. But I uh, I remember so when, not
1: going in the club then.
0: Uh, do you have a three hundred and sixty screen?
2: No, no,
1: we could we could set up twenty
2: laptops around us. <laughs> <laughs> We get back
0: to Alex and Mara. Uh, they are they are trying to relocate the time machine, which they do. And just as they do, Mara begs Alex, uh, uh, "Please take Kaylin with you wherever you're going. You know, assumedly into the past. Just take him with you. Take him away from here." And again, as you mentioned, Adam, there's that. It's just another bit of foreshadowing because we still don't know what the what the big danger is.
2: You get a little bit more here of like how concerned she is that she wants Kaylin to leave. So I, I, at this point, I was kind of sitting there thinking, "Oh." something isn't right i mean i knew what was coming because i've seen it before but i think if you're watching this for the first time you'd start to see here why is mara so concerned about why would she send her little brother back in time and never see him again and you start to find out why pretty quickly
0: a little bit wonky that you've built up the danger at night time and it is like 1 p.m in the afternoon i, I was <laughs> so
1: annoyed at that part yeah. like it doesn't make any sense that they're a, like the whole point is that they don't like the sun because their eyes are adapted to being underground why would they be out in, not even twilight, full-blown sunlight? No, it's
2: full-blown sunlight, yeah, yeah and so as we said the, the
0: they in question are the Morlocks it is 1pm in the afternoon on a very midsummer day <laughs> and uh, they have decided that na- it's attack time she, uh, Mara does mention credit you know to not completely rag on the on the screenplay Mara does mention that oh they're early this time so maybe it's just you know like 4pm the sun's going to set in two hours but regardless it is uh, uh, very light very bright and uh, the Morlocks are attacking there's a big siren and before uh, uh, you know, she sends Cailin away like you know come on we have to run we need to there's sort a of, there's a sense of panic happening, and we start to hear in the background. We start to hear the kind of guttural roars of the of the Morlocks. The as grunts they kind of, and the yeah, exactly. What, what did bit, it sound like to
2: you? Well, bulls R- is is what it is. Is that what it is? Well, okay. Well, I was, you know when we, we were talking about um, how they kind of make sounds for monsters in yeah. films? It's oh like, yeah. We the T Rex like a train, and, and yeah. you know stuff like that. This is. There's no covering this up. It's just bulls. It, I mean, it it's sounds, just the sound of a bull.
0: <laughs> it doesn't sound like a, what I thought I, I couldn't. I didn't know it was bulls, but mm. I, it sounded like there was no distortion. There's no playing with it. There's no, no nothing. It's, it, just, it's a clean sound bite yeah. of You've just got this from an animal.
2: Now, what, what I thought about this was when I heard that, I was like, oh, is there is there a bull somewhere? Because I thought to myself, why haven't they got almost they're still another type of human? aren't they so they're they're like why is there not i think you could have been cleverer there with how you kind of like why isn't there there a voice in there somewhere and it's kind of unpleasant and weird you know kind of I don't know. I if, just, you're I felt an, like... if
0: you're the audience right now, first time viewing, mm. you haven't seen them. You don't know anything no. about them, and so you don't know that they're uh, whether they're humanoid True. or bipedal or, or anything like that. To be fair, so you just assume that the, the same pack of wildebeest that just killed Mufasa yeah, yeah, yeah. are running through the, <laughs> running through the plains.
1: What, what did you think of how they looked in general? I I think the, terrible. I, well,
2: I think the costume is fantastic. I think there's a lot of work in that um one of the things i found out was they the actors inside those costumes they see through a little camera out of the nose <laughs> <laughs> the eyes are all animatronic yeah it's very the, the eyes were good kind of suit i'm hearing I think i'm hearing horrible. i think they're horrible i'm hearing things.
0: cha-ching i'm hearing money spent yeah, sure yeah you know? money spent yeah. this is yeah. the guy who spent a million dollars on yeah. the on the time yeah, machine. without even
2: thinking about yeah. it yeah like we need the time machine to be a million dollars i imagine those suits are a big one of oh, cash
1: and they were like genuinely they they look mm. they don't look like a person in a suit they look like quite good sophisticated yeah. makeup
2: and the the, the moments when and you can see it a little bit, but the moments where they clearly change to a CGI, more like running, for example, I think that's pretty good CGI for like two thousand. But two thousand
0: and two, it's fine. It, I I have a whole thing about the fact that, like, at the end of the film, when they're when they're running out of the cave, yeah, um,
2: there's some wonky those, parts. Those
0: yeah. those creatures are not the same creature yeah. that he's fighting. Yeah, there's no way you could convince me that they are the same being because the. Honestly, you mentioned that Spielberg was on the phone saying, don't use Androids. He should have been on the phone again and be like, did you also watch E.T. like 10 minutes ago (laughs) for the first time? Because they look like weird, just warped E.T. looking Mm. idiots.
1: There was another film that came out in 2001. So just before this, Mm -hmm. Evolution also oh, starring God. Orlando Jones what a film what a film, film. <laughs> what a film. <laughs> The one of my favourite films mm. there's a creature in that which they refer to as a fuzzy no nose chimp oh yeah <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. looks yeah. remarkably similar to these creatures you are not wrong blue yeah yeah yeah. It's yeah, evolution before this it's literally a year before this yeah, yeah.
0: good for a good. well yeah. I was going to say a good moment for Orlando Jones I would say yeah. that if that's before this then it's a downturn but yeah. <laughs> that's fine <laughs> um, yeah I, I I challenge anyone in the year 2023 but also if I a time machine and i was wasting trips i'd go back to 2002 and i'd find some cinema goes just walked out of the time machine and i'd be like what do you think of those et looking bitches what do you think of those because there's no (laughs) i i I don't know if there's a world in which anyone sits down and you finally see them when that that creature with its bulbous Mm. eyes and it's it's and it does look animatronic it It does yeah it looks in an unnatural way and i challenge anyone to not look at it and just balk just to be like (laughs) okay wow Uh, okay fine um and it's they're the big bad so it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a bit of a shame. Granted, there's been suspension of disbelief done at points before this anyway, because the mugging scene is weird. And the uh, even just the, the future scenes thus far have been a little sort of just left of centre. It's not that they're very radical genre choices or very weird. It's just that there's, it's just not like a normal film. It's just a little bit left of centre with some of the I, depictions.
2: I did wonder whether some of it was to do with the fact that because Jeremy Irons very clearly was like, I'm not putting a suit on. You can put some makeup on me and do my hair if you like. But I think probably the weirder and the less... Real to the eye, you can make the Morlocks look the sort of stranger Jeremy Irons appearances later on, and it's less effort
1: for him. Maybe I thought I was yeah. That we will
0: we'll reason. come on to Big Jez. And, we will and the way that bad boy <laughs> looks ben for Kingsley sure. <laughs> what,
1: what what were those darts that they were using? By the way, doing what why those in God's darts yeah? Do?
0: Why in God's name have you got like big, strong, right? dominant-looking, uh, uh, kind of intimidating <laughs> look at, and you've just got them blow darting?
1: But the blow darts don't even knock people out. They up. don't do Se- anything. Several people Doesn't get do hit by at all. The kid gets hit by one. One Just runs off.
0: They're just broken by because it's just ink that it's just swimming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wondered
1: it, if they were maybe marking them to oh, be like yeah. those oh, are the ones. Yeah, to kidnap. I think that's more what it is. But then it doesn't make sense that they seem to just mark them at random. And then later in the film, yeah. one of them in the cave just blows a dart at him and then goes, oh, well, that didn't do anything. Did yeah. <laughs> so why do
2: they, The whole point is that they only take the strongest people. So
1: why do they shoot the kid? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, really. It's
2: a. It's a it's a bad scene because as
0: they're as they're in this like woodland, lots of trees area and uh the the, the, the morlocks are running around, it's two or three minutes of just 50 or so extras running in circles. Yeah, you, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At any point, if you look away from the centre of the screen and look in the background, it look, uh, the faces, they're not even acting. They're just running around in circles, looking at each other to make sure they don't run a, in. To, uh, they're just thinking about, oh, I make sure I'm running in kind of a natural way. Well, you're not because you're still here. And so if you are running for your life, you're not to be here anymore very quickly thereafter. And then on top of it, the Morlocks just go around. For my, to my, you know, To my eyes just running around, chucking people around. They're not taking any take, yet. Yeah. They just they pick you up, throw you, and granted, at this point in the film, you don't know the reason why they're taking. This is what Big Jez comes along later on and explains. But So at this point, you don't know what they're doing other than you know they're, they're definitely kidnapping people. They're definitely taking them mm-hmm. in some regard. But you just see them pick up, throw a bit, Blow dart, squid ink, what's going on? I don't know. Everyone's running around. N- not even that much screaming. Mm. Not even that much terror. It's just kind of... So it, it's, it's not a good moment.
2: I feel like I might have a slight reason for that, which I will come to later. But the action sequences in this, I don't know if you felt the same way, feel a little bit different to the, in pacing to the rest of the film. I'll come back to it
0: later. Interesting. Okay. We are now two-thirds of the way into the film, and after all of the, the Morlock attacks on the Eloi in general, one. Particularly nasty Morlock singles out Alex and says, You know what, you handsome engineer, I want me some of that. <laughs>
1: And Alex's response to a creature that he's seen jump twenty feet is I climb up I'll climb a windmill. <laughs> <laughs> climb windmill with my
0: small human feet. And as he's climbing up the windmill and trying to escape and, you know, getting into, you know, a bit of a bit of back and forth with the big Morlock, it's Kaelin who ends up helping him and providing the assist. And just as they're running back to the to the group as a whole. Mara is taken down the, the, the sand, quicksand pit. The kind of, you know, and, and the only person who is devastated is Alex. <laughs> the rest of the Eloy, don't give a damn. Including, not don't give a damn, but kind of including Kaylin, her younger brother, who when, when Alex is like, come on, man, we have to save her. You, uh, take me to somewhere. Let's do something. Let's do something. Let's do something. Let's do something. Kaylin's like, oh, just don't talk to me right now. No, <laughs> imagine the bed
2: upgrade I'm going to get when I get back. Yeah, Good point. kid's bed anymore, got an adult she bed. She snores.
0: I don't like it. And she's always going on about speaking English like it's some big whoop. Not been an English speaking person in these Irish Isles for a while.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Guy Pearce did like all of the stunts on this as well and broke his rib during that sequence. Did he? You know, when they're like rolling around on the floor and like tussling, he's like tussling with the Morlock on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, broke a rib and then had to do the rest of the film with a broken rib.
1: I wonder, the scene earlier where you see him with a bruise on his rib, I wonder if it was just an actual picture of his rib. Method, method, method. Method acting, yeah.
0: (laughs) Eventually, Kalen uh, uh, succumbs to the persuasion and he takes Alice to the place where the ghosts are, the place that we can't speak about. And as we mentioned earlier in the episode, this is just... This is just where Vox four one one is. Like
1: The best place you could go, really. The yes. most
0: handy place you could have ever yeah. gone to, the Eloy. As I mentioned, Vox 411 is there. He's a little dinged up, not 100% sane. Questions about whether an AI can or cannot go insane oh, anyway. There, there's a
1: whole plot in the yep. Halo games about how after a certain amount of time, because they accrue so much knowledge, they go crazy.
0: When did uh, Halo 1 come out?
1: Oh, good point. Uh, Roundabout here, here Interesting. I think. Yeah. There's a lot of crossovers <laughs> happening today.
0: And I mean, it's great because we all love Orlando Jones. You want more Orlando Jones on your screen. And I think we all agree not enough Orlando Jones on the screen. Yeah, in this nowhere movie. near enough. I nowhere near him. enough. He could have been the Robin to Alex's Batman. And 2001, yet... by the way. Is it? I, th- Is I had it a feeling. Really? I had a feeling, Halo. Yeah. There's a lot of pulls here, yeah. Four one one, Voxy Boy, he mentions that... Boy. <laughs> but, Voxy Boy. waiting for the names boy. to sneak in. He, he mentions that he spent a lot of time with uh, an Eloy uh, who told him everything about how the last however many hundreds of years have gone and filled in some of the blanks. And so Vox is uh, up to scratch. Uh, cause slight, slight hints of a romance, I thought, between him and the, the skeleton that he spent I all those years with. I got that as well. With. Did you? Yeah. I
2: know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Almost like he, that's who he spent the most time with. And yeah, so things have just happened. <laughs> Respect mm. I Respect it, I Respect it, yeah. <laughs>
0: And he does mention the 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 kind of the core concept. This is, again, first time viewer. This is your introduction to the whole thing of. So after the moon happened, uh, the planet couldn't sustain. Uh, and so there were and, and admittedly, this is not coming from Vox. Vox just mentions the whole thing of there. Now there was one species, humans, and now there are two. And he says, crucially, one above, one below.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. The original idea was that essentially the, the elite, the upper class were the ones who were on the surface. and were essentially provided for by the Morlocks on the underground mm. who were basically you know, pit workers, coal miners, who would be manning the machines and keeping them alive. And as they became more and more foolish and stupid above, those below just started eating the rich.
0: Which sounds like a... I, don't
1: know, I was going to say, sounds like a great story.
0: It sounds like... <laughs> that sounds like you're supposed to root for the Morlocks.
1: Well, if you think about it, there's a scene later when the... The, uh, the brain lock i'm gonna call him yeah. Jeremy Irons. yeah, yeah. Uh, he uh he essentially says this is our story this is what our lives are like uh, you can go you're free to go here's your time i'll even bring you your yeah, time he... machine here you're free to go he doesn't like
2: he doesn't try and capture alex or like he's just like no it's, this is what it, this you're is life
1: you're well, not supposed to be here i'm gonna let you go because i understand you're not one of our cattle that we have upstairs yeah. i'm very sorry that don't, you're here don't disturb Please the go.
2: order of things just uh, this is what life is for us and
0: 800,000 years, you know, even a thousand years in the future, you can't even, you know, genuine sort of light of day. There's no realm in which you can even conceive of putting your preconceived notions about what society or life is like onto anything you see. Full stop. That's it. It's it's like you can't, uh, uh, you know, humans can't understand the fourth dimension. Uh, You can't understand what life is like in the year 800,000. There's no way you'd be prepared for it in any way, shape or form.
1: Oh, yeah. And we see some of the Morlocks are still grinding gears and things down there. We don't know what they do. Genuinely, when this film concludes, he might have ruined the entire world because we don't know what it was they were keeping going. Yeah, exactly. You could have really upset the balance.
0: After Vox 411 finishes his his ha- very handy info dump Alex and Calen they decide okay we're going to head east through the jungle. This is just somewhere that the Eloi just just never went because they never decided to get the information from Fox 411. But even if they didn't get the information from Fox 411, they're just not very curious people, apparently. And so they decide to go east through the jungle and they are greeted by a giant Spartan helmet-shaped stronghold. With teeth. plonk down with teeth. Exactly, It looks like Bowser Castle, but with a little it bit does, of a does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greco-Roman influence. Yeah. Honestly, quite frankly, it looks like... It looks like a theme park ride, yeah, it uh, does. And like not a high budget one. We're talking like
2: <laughs> six, Chessington World of Adventures, yeah, Six yeah, Flags yeah, yeah.
0: Alabama. <laughs> it's
2: it's interesting those those sort of like head statues that signify where the Morlocks live. That's almost pulled directly from the film, the 1960 film. They look just like that, but obviously they it's it's weird. In this, they're very clearly to stop anyone from coming near. It's like it's like a warning sign. But in the original, they just look like kind of like chiseled easter island like kind of like film, but yeah like, like tiki sort of like sculptures in, in a way um so like there's a very there's a, a very clear change between the morlocks in the 1960s film and this where they're these kind of like guttural war tribe like kind of like, i got i sort of thought like 300 you know that kind of like spartanesque yeah. Thing. Um,
0: well, I thought while I was seeing sort of, especially as, as Alex and Kaylin move towards the, the, the big Spartan helmet in the plonk down on the ground, and they look down into the pit, as they're in and around the pit, and you see the, the digging Morlocks and the, the mining and all this stuff, I got like weird flashes of like the trenches in, in uh, Lord of the Rings. Like whenever you see those oh, yeah. where the orcs are living.
2: Oh, well, well, in- thank yeah. Interestingly, that, I've got a bit of a film fact about that as well. The, the release date of this was delayed. Because of the release of Fellowship of the Ring. Really? Yeah, 2001.
0: God, 2001 was a really big year. Halo, huge Lord of the Rings.
2: Yeah, like, a so great like, year for me. Yeah. yeah, and also Harry Potter was the same year. <laughs> wow. Or one of the... I'm not sure which one it is. It I, might be the first one.
1: It might have been, because I think there was a bit of a weird, like, there's a competition between Lord of the Rings and yes, Harry Potter. There was, was no. Big there was no competition yeah, at the time. No. Absolutely not. So,
2: yeah, so, like, I mean, a lot of that kind of, like, style of, like, dark wizards and monsters and things was coming through at this I point. I wonder... So,
0: I mean, surely not. If they moved the uh, uh, release date, Mm. then probably what I'm about to say doesn't count. But we know that, like counter-programming exists in Hollywood, one studio finds out that, one, uh, that an, a rival yeah. studio is making a film of some nature. And so if you're making the high fantasy uh, uh, high fantasy Lord of the Rings books based off of a, a, a very old, very famous uh, uh, series, maybe someone else at another studio is like, oh, well, let's just make a H.G. Wells film. That's a book that we own the rights to that's, that's uh, you know, from, from pre, pre-1900s. pre uh, And it's got, you know, maybe we'll get two or three films out of this, which is <laughs> not happening. But I mean, I, I doubt it, considering that if you were going to be doing counter programming you'd have put them up against one another unless you saw what had been made and thought there's no way this stands up to fellowship of yeah. the rings so please christ move it yeah and uh, really i guess this is probably the last comparison because i mentioned that the lord of the rings but one of the, the one of the final comparisons i wanted to make uh about this film and again who knows maybe it came out in 2001 i didn't plan <laughs> for this the planet of the apes remake with tim burton oh shit
2: find out when that mark is.
0: Wahlberg, tim yeah. the, uh, uh that that one um, it's got to be
1: around then somewhere
0: this is you know a guy booted to the far oh, far future
1: oh dear 2001 oh, oh my god, my god. <laughs> this is insane
0: what a year 2001 was for film like uh, the the i'm getting vibes in this at this point yeah. i'm getting vibes of that film because you've got a a, a white dude uh flung to the far future and he's going to help these this this simple silly race with uh, that are being oppressed by yeah. and in that case it's the humans and there's i'm not going to go into the plot of planet of yeah, the apes yeah, for the yeah. love of god everyone knows it but uh uh i just kind of similar
2: vibes you know yeah. kind
0: of similar vibes especially also this is from this point on in the film it's dark this film oh, becomes very visually similar,
2: very dark. To- like tonally Color palette wise, That's what it's I mean, very yeah. similar. It's like the, the yeah, I, I, that is such a weird coincidence.
0: God, two thousand and one. Yeah. yeah. So as we said, Alex, he's stumbling down into the kind of Lord of the Ringsy sub basement levels of the Morlocks' lair, and he he stumbles into a butcher like torture chamber. And then again, stumbles into a like a waste pond, like the
2: body,
1: the, the corpse pool, right. the dead. Pool. Are you going to say what I'm about to say? Uh, wait, hang on, I think we might be mind melding potentially here.
2: How unbelievably unwell is he going to get very like... quickly from falling into
1: <laughs> human <laughs> the
2: worst human waste, the
1: worst place he could ever end up as a living person is amongst the rotting remains he's, of dead people. He's oh. covered in cuts and stuff as he's, well. Don't
2: forget, he's definitely <laughs> dead immediately after absolutely. he gets out of there. It was so I was like, James is going to have a field. <laughs> So rank,
0: it's so oh, it's disgusting. Honestly, and there's rats. I was waiting for the rats. You <laughs> know they'll be rats. They're obsessed with rats. Honestly, uh, when there weren't rats, I was like, "That's fine, mate. A good shower, <laughs> you'll be okay." But if there were rats, you
1: can't come back. I did also get some little vibes of the trash compactor scene. Oh, from Star, Star Wars. Wars yeah. Oh yeah, um, that's only. Good. With, yeah, yeah, only yeah. there was more jeopardy in that. <laughs> I was yeah, expecting true, yeah. some
2: sort of like underwater Morlock like, to grab him or something yeah. and drag him under for a bit of a kind of like tussle. But if this or, was it, Sound or, of Thunder, yeah. it absolutely would. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah, and it'd be a really bad like lizard thing.
0: And so after after all of this, after the torture chamber, after the the waste pool, he finally he gets apprehended and it's just fast tracked straight to Big Jez, straight to the in the credits the Uber Morlock. Uber Morlock. Uh, uh, I I prefer Brainlock by the way, uh, James. Very way back. nice, yeah, great. Yeah, Brainlock. Fast track straight to him, taken into his very sort of like cliched two thousand and one set piece Throne lair. Room. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. low ceiling. Dark blue light. Uh, There may as well have been some mist. There wasn't, but there may as well have (laughs) been some mist. Big Jez, Uber Morlock, Brainlock. He is here to explain with no prompting from Alex. (laughs) He is just here to go into it. He is here to explain the full history of the species. And so, as I alluded to earlier on, the annihilation of the moon has left the Earth completely unable to sustain humans. Some stayed above Again, he just said the 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 Earth can't sustain humans. So how some stayed above? Sure, they were they were just all right. They were fine. Some stayed above. Some decided to go below because of the moon. Um, the ones that went below are Morlocks, and the ones that stayed above are Eloi. And of course, he then just tags on right at the end that when we when the morlocks when we came down here we just decided to do a lot of eugenics we just decided to do a bunch of gene <laughs> gene engineering a bunch of gene engineering. Yeah. of just decided oh yeah well i mean if we're going to be down here then you can have big eyes mate and you're the seer yeah, and yeah. you can have big arms mate you're the lifter <laughs>
1: yeah. i'll have i'll have i'll have big brain well if it's left on the table i guess i'll just take big brain <laughs> I, I guess I, I will i did like that they were like well we, we can't make his head any bigger for his big brain stick it on his back and yeah just like oh back god lock. it was horrible like back brain brain lock the back brain, lock brain. brain, <laughs> the back brain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a real kind of like oh i i'm gonna i'm inventing a video game and i'm gonna have races i'm yeah. gonna have classes of of people i'm gonna have the strong hunters and i'm gonna have the brain yeah. brains
1: uh, but what's weird is he fights the brain lock in a bit and he's unbelievably strong. Yeah. Why is the brain lock so well, strong? Well, there was a bit of strong left over to
2: go with his brain, so he just a snuck bit. a bit of that Stuck as well. You know what I mean? Bit, like, yeah. There was a bit left in the test tube he How just does
0: Alex have a harder time fighting brain lock than strong lock? Also bizarre. On the windmill, when he's fighting that guy, he's doing a lot better than when he's fighting je- big... But it's because it's Big Jez. It's not any, yeah. any usual brain lock.
2: He's got a broken rib as well, I don't
0: forget. Oh, well, that's well, a good does, point. Yeah, meta. a disadvantage. I like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Honestly, if I broke my rib on a film set like that, I'd have him write it in Like um, Leonardo DiCaprio When he yeah. smashes his hand on the glass Write it in Absolutely Yeah
0: yeah totally Steven Seagal had the fact That he can't act Written into all of his films
2: <laughs> How dare <laughs> you, you <laughs> How dare you Under siege It
0: took
3: us, to, it took us till
0: season <laughs> 2 siege <Is he laughs> Under siege, siege. <laughs>
2: Oh, Christ. I can't believe you had one locked and loaded. I can't, I can't believe we haven't got to Steven Seagal before <laughs> now, to be he's honest. He's definitely
0: done a time travel film. We should have oh, a look. Oh, we need to oh, buy shit. It. We yeah. should have a look. Because I think that we could get away with that level of guff just because it's yeah. Seagal. Yeah. And again, just to suck the juice dry out of this scene, because honestly, there's not that many scenes that are loaded with lots of information. And this is arguably the most loaded scene of the whole film, uh, Alex and Big Jez. He mentions that he's one of many that it's not just he's not the only uber morlock he's just like one and it got me thinking are there is he like a regional manager because he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: yeah there is a structural system it's to this.
0: like an MLM you yeah. have like exactly <laughs> the top morlock who then gets the next one yeah, who yeah, then yeah. gets he's doing a lot of work he has yeah. to mind control all the morlocks to do his bidding yeah. and he's mind controlling the Eloi so that they don't just walk east and find his stronghold and yeah. do something about it and he's putting all this thought into it from his back brain that uh, uh and he's, he's like yeah and I'm of many there's other guys you should go and see the guy in the borough to the left as well you should see what he's getting away with i'm employee of the month but he was the last six months so i've just been really really going for it and if i if you die here alex then it's just not gonna it's not gonna run
2: you've given me an image of like some staff room full of morlocks somewhere and there's like pictures on the walls of the <laughs> morlock of, Rain-lock the of the month <laughs>
0: And now we are into the final 20 minutes of this film. Alex is busy protesting. He's saying, you know, that it doesn't have to be like this. He's, as we said, I, you know, I can't believe that he is using his 1899 brain to try and say like, oh, well, in this 800,000 year, uh, blah, 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 uh, you should still do things the way that I think they're doing. Not that it's not bad, not that hunting the loe for food and uh, uh, breeding, as well as he mentions, which is, uh, uh, you know, a a more sinister, (laughs) when when you're just hunting someone for food, it's like, this is bad, Captain. Yeah. But when you're doing it for breeding you're as well, it's as like, well. this is weird. Yeah, <laughs> gets That's, weird. that gets creepy. It makes yeah. myra's kidnap really yeah. the fact yeah. that she's
1: kept in that cage in that room. She's one of the breeders,
0: I know exactly. Yeah, she well, and she's probably, oh. she's probably uh, big Jez Sephiroth's. She's probably just uh, him oh, and standing yeah. there. He, like, look the, my brain back. Why is he exactly? Exactly. <laughs> my brain oh, back. No. Look
2: me in the eyes when you look my brain back.
0: Ooh,
1: brimming. Oh, oh, <laughs>
0: And Just as Alex is protesting, uh, big Jesse points out r- very usefully, he says, "Well, you're one to talk about perverting the natural order of things. Don't talk to me about the natural o- order of things uh, uh, you decided to time travel and you're change things time so travel, yeah exactly man. Yeah. Uh, shut shut your mouth, hypocrite, honestly
1: I probably only exist because you time traveled." Mm.
0: He tempts him with a with a, a little vision of the life that he could have had. He shows Alex, like, here, you know, this is what could have been. And then he just rips him out of that and he basically explains to him that, you know, hey, Alex... You're, and this is why I like uh, Uber Morlock Jez, because he's he has a whole brain on his back. So you're damn right he's smarter. <laughs> That's it. At the least, he should be smarter. We also yeah. find out he's stronger as well, but mm. he should be smarter. And he just says, like, no. And he, he lays out quite comfortably. And I, I, I think this is probably the biggest discussion point in terms of the time travel of this film is the fallacy of Alex's time travel. Mm. Is the, the the way that uh, uh, Big Jez explains it to him. He says, you built it because she died. If she lived, you wouldn't have built it. So how could you have used it to save her?
2: I can't believe that a film called The Time Machine that deals with time travel um, undoes its
1: own time travel at the end. Do you know what I mean? In a way, it kind of does. Well, it literally does because one of the next things we see is that Alex ends up going forwards to... And I tried to write this number down, but it was a long number. I got... 746,538,921 as the year he travels to, which, if he travels that far, there would be nothing recognisable. Plate tectonics would have completely changed the entire planet. He'd probably be under the sea. So I don't know how there's just some more Morlock heads around. But also, the whole thing is he sees that and goes, I need to go back and change this. Well, if he's seen that, then that's what's going to happen. We've just established that he can't change the future,
0: as has just been established. Oh, exactly. Do yeah, you just yeah. not believe, Big Jez? Do you not think that his brain back knows what's going on? And I, I understand completely what you're getting at, Adam, in terms mm. of like, oh, it's so. You're basically saying that because, because A equals B, B can't equal A, and or something, yeah, you know, something along those lines. Thing, yeah, like it's, it, yeah. it's 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 fallacy, and I like, I like the fact that the 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 the, the Uber Morlock doesn't go. He doesn't sort of like. Uh, expand on the point too much, he just gives this potent one-liner. He follows it up, to be honest, with a line that confused me slightly where he says, you know, just, uh, you are the inescapable result of something or other, but it, more importantly, he says, I am the, he said, the Uber Morlock says to Alex, I am the inescapable result of you, which got me thinking i was like what what is that supposed to mean uh but i in in the sense of uh, is there a relationship between these two people over over the course of this 127 years and it's not so much that it's just he's he's explaining causality he's explaining Mm. he's explaining the the ripple effect of time moving forward he's explaining that you know i am here because you existed and because of the choices you and everyone else in the past made in much the same way that and so effectively jeremy irons is just explaining that listen If things happen in the past, they impact how things happen in the future. And so you can't in the future go back and change the past without in turn ridding the future, which rids you of the impetus to change the past. And I could keep we could all keep just circling backwards and forward. I like it. I like it, and this movie is sparse in terms of discussion of time travel. It's sparse in terms of giving you things to chew on. And so I, I like this. I think the line of, like, I am the, the result of you. Again, nice two simple lines that just give you at least something in the way of, like, yeah, give it to me, brain back. Talk time. Because Alex isn't. He invented the, the bastard. Won't tell anyone. Didn't tell Philby. Didn't tell his maid. Nah, didn't okay. tell Murrah even all that much. Just He's just done it and is using it, and you're just a- along for the ride. Yeah. Fine. Thank you, thank you, uh, Grand Vampire Jeremy Irons for uh, 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 giving us some. Run, he, run, he does look run. a bit like Gary Oldman uh, in Dracula. Oh, <laughs> oh he does. <laughs> you you <laughs> Shit. him?
1: I also had real like uh, underworld vibes from a few of these scenes. Very oh good yeah, shout. Bill is, Nighy, yeah, which is 2003, uh, so just after. Oh uh, yeah, well, Wait, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> ballpark. That would have been great, wouldn't
0: it? <laughs> and just as Jez uh, seems to have persuaded Alex to go back to his own time, Alex declares, "Well, what if?" This is a, a callback to something that uh, uh, was mentioned, like, what, 10 minutes prior? It's yeah. like, you know, you're, uh, uh, you dare to go and time travel because you dared to ask what if. And so now, again, Alex is sh- he's shouting, you know, well, what if? And he turns on the device, trapping he and uh, Big Uncle Morlock inside the bubble. They fight, they fight, they fight some more. And the grand result is is that White Fox jazz dangles outside the bubble as the lever is pulled, which ages him beyond death uh, in seconds.
1: Which we were set up for earlier in the film, so sure. it makes sense that we'd see this here um and then it it's a bit of a weird like he's aging so fast that he's kind of rotting, but he's clearly still alive, which doesn't really make any sense it it reminded me of
2: uh Indiana Jones oh very the, similar where they're kind of like in in last Crusade where the the guy kind of ages very quickly, and he's very clearly alive all the way through that as well, so it's... although
1: I much preferred him melting in oh, that.
2: oh yeah. That's such a good sequence, but anyway, yeah. I don't think
0: it's helped by the fact that he's dangling over just a black abyss. There's no background to it. There's nothingness, and I understand the time travel of it, of that you, you're just you're zooming through the future so quickly that you're zooming through just an era of the Earth where it was maybe covered in smog, sure. But it's not helped by the fact that it's probably just compensation for not having that much budget for that much CGI. Yeah, and so it does look at yeah, as you said, Indiana Jones, uh, uh, even stuff in like in the Mummy when he deteriorates back to his mummy state. Yeah, yeah. thing. I'm, I'm okay with it, but um, and as you said, foreshadowing from earlier in the film, not like a subtle, oh they're bringing back that moment. No, it's like, yeah, they're bringing back that moment that they quite vividly told me about, that w- they quite vividly told me this will have significance later in the film. So, and it, it's fine. Uh, the fight is a little bit as we mentioned, a little bit of a shambles considering he's not the physical, he's not stronglock, he's brainlock, and you struggled against him, whereas you were okay against stronglock. But fine, sure, yeah. Alex. You've done this and this realistically just ends almost everything to do with the film
1: he also breaks part of the time machine in the fight which is then just not really mentioned i guess the machine's fine but i, I did want to mention here the future he ends up in in the original it's described as and i don't fully remember this part but i remember it being that there were like crab creatures mm. wandering around that was one. Of oh, the creatures interesting
0: because he goes to this barren hellscape yeah and all you really see is this uh, you see another big Spartan helmet to to indicate that in the future, Earth is even worse, but now the Morlocks are uh, well, even more powerful. They're even more on top.
1: Yeah, or, or more of them. Yeah, there's um, a bunch of those heads kind of around, isn't there, on the ground that you see. But yeah, the, the original is that there's these kind of, well, I'm going to call them carciniforms, because Ooh. there's a whole like theory, side fringe theory, very popular on the internet, that all life is trending oh, yeah. towards crab. Going back to crab. Um, yeah, can just I just ask, before?
0: carciniform? Yep carcinogen
1: yep cancer is crap so you know the oh, cancer of the, the star sign ah, is crab. Nah, nah, love yeah. that nah, i yeah. don't love that i'd like uh,
0: but i mean <laughs> etymology not
1: <laughs> it's okay not, <laughs> listen i'm gonna give you a cancer pass you've got oh, you've great, got a cancer you. pass you yeah, can yeah, make yeah. jokes only, about cancer really, i mean I don't, I don't i don't
0: want to make jokes about you've cancer but but thank that's you for the pass nonetheless yeah i prefer a hall pass but you know.
1: but yeah so there's like these kind of carciniforms which there's the jokes on the internet because they've evolved five times crabs have evolved five separate times Anyway. Okay. Um, I haven't heard then... any of this. Oh, it's, oh yeah. It's, it's a really it's interesting cra- theory. Crabs are weird as hell. Yeah. They look, they look like aliens. And, and they're efficient. Um, but then there's, he meets the future Eloy in the year 600 million. Yeah. And they are like, these like fluffy little white creatures. I uh, he either describes them as like sheep or rabbits or yeah. like oh, it is cute little. That it's... is
0: not where we as a species are going.
1: Well, in this future, it is. You yeah. can't convince me <laughs> that there's
0: no millions of years <laughs> that you can multiply humans by and say you're rabbits and they're crabs.
1: Well, uh, you, remember we we. <laughs> and which were, one? Which we one am I going to be? At one point, Scott, what don't you you say prefer, that to what me.
0: You prefer to be. We were all rats oh, at one point. Definitely one. the crab. Oh big crab? Crab. Yeah, big time. Big time. Yeah. They look cool. I don't want to be a little worthless bunny rabbit. Crabs I, 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 are like look living tanks. At that. tanks.
2: Got
0: lasers yeah. for eyes. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, that would be useful See? in the in the barren hellscape of the <laughs> earth. But also, I mean, if, just to pull it back a little bit, you can't. Again, you just as you said, you can't convince me that in six hundred million years there's an earth to stand on. No, you're no. floating in the in space.
1: A, uh, a billion, almost a billion years later, yeah. the earth the, it would be unrecognizable in every single yeah. possible way
0: is not I, I is it five hundred million or five hundred billion? Where they say the sun's going to boom boom?
1: Uh, it's about five billion, I believe. Okay, is when the sky, oh, that's all right. Okay. I think it's not even boom boom. It's just it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and a red giant. And eventually, the Earth might end up just inside the sun.
0: Fair play, son.
2: You do you that's what I say I can't handle 40 degrees I'm not waiting for that
0: and so the day is saved uh, Alex has now uh, he's, he's seen the future hellscape he's decided I'm going to go back to the, to the time of the Eloy to the to uh, 20 not 2037 I'm getting my <laughs> to 802,000 that's yeah, the one yeah. God, many many numbers uh, to the year 802,000 because not only am I going to try and, try and course correct this future with what little life I've got left you've got the lifetime of one man Alex how are you going to prevent the year's Six hundred million. Sure, okay, fine. But you have found love with Samantha Mumba. Wonderful, great for you.
1: By the way, four years to get over his uh, dead wife. Forty-eight hours after he lands here, he's like new love now. Let
2: me interject with something here that you will find (laughs) very interesting. I have a quote from Guy Pierce in an interview that I read on him. It's not my hand. It's not her hand. Says Pierce, resigned. It wasn't how I saw the character. That is a scene oh. put in after this film was done.
0: No, oh, just the the little shot just of them, the shot holding, of them hands. holding
2: hands. Neither of their hands. He
0: didn't. He didn't they know can... that was going to be in the film. He's oh just sat my there, god! He sat the at the reason... premiere, being like, "No, they put us together yeah, honestly, at the end of this." Honestly, that, that's wild. It's
2: crazy, and I'll tell you the reason for that now. Simon Wells, who directed this film, didn't finish directing it. Okay. What do Wait. You mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, how about a month before they finished filming the film? He had to leave with exhaustion. So wow. Gore Verbinski took over the last four weeks of filming. That's a name I've heard before. Yeah. Um, 2003, Gore Verbinski does Pirates of the Caribbean. There you go.
0: That's, that's where, yeah.
2: He did all of the action sequences and made changes to the ending of the film, which I think is this. I think he so came d- into it and was like, oh, it needs to end. The love story needs to end with Alex being happy. But it so wasn't really it- a love story, though. Well, if it's there's not, no, is yeah. it? But that's why it's so weird. That's why that, end, that, that one sequence is so strange. I don't
0: expect them to end up together. I don't say I necessarily no. need to uh, have them end up together. Can I just ask, did did uh so is that it Gorvobinsky finishes the film Gore and, and Simon film. Wells is just left in the
2: yeah, in yeah. the wind that's it, so he does ninety percent of the film, and Gore Verbinski gets called in right at the end and because, ruins it <laughs> and and basically changes the the very end and Simon Wells has been reported as saying that is not how I wanted this film to end it 's a really weird like
1: that is especially because
0: it's his great granddaddy's
2: project that's one of my favorite film facts
1: you've ever done adam it's good right that's a good very interesting
2: as well yeah. yeah yeah i just i just think it's wild that they could change directors with like a month to go of filming
0: and i like I'm sorry to hear that Simon Wells was exhausted uh, uh that yeah. sounds like a really uh, it sounds like a really tough well, film to be adapting your grandfather's your great grandfather's book, such a labor of Love, and to have you know exhausted yourself in the process
2: also he'd never done live action before this well, not really done live action he was he the last film he did before this, Simon Wells was Prince of Egypt oh, I know Prince of egypt he also did the
0: animated one yeah yeah oh, he yeah, also okay. did
2: who framed Roger Rabbit.
1: Oh, I love that film!
2: Another, which, I think we talked about last time.
0: Another, another animator, another
2: animator. Worth mentioning, he didn't direct *Who Framed Roger Rabbit*. He was like the executive animator, so he'd only done animated. So he's an stuff animation before. guy, yeah. Which is which is weird for his. It's such a, and it is a big blockbuster. This, yeah, he, and it's the connection. That's why
0: that's so it's, wild it's the
2: family connection that's why he got this job i
0: think you are not you do and you are an animator who does animation and you, the unfortunate not necessarily unfortunately but your first foray into unknown territory happens to be this thing that is incredibly emotionally and and substantially linked yeah. to you
1: i wonder bringing it back to what you said earlier scott about the the difficulties with the quality of the ending in terms of how the Morlocks looked as they were climbing out of the cave, the whole concept of the time bomb, I'm going to call it, mm. is is a bit weird. And it kind of felt a little bit out of nowhere. And I didn't really enjoy any of it. I the, com- I the completely destruction agree destruction of the time machine yeah. type part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: We 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 skipped it's over weird. it a little bit. That's that's how he as you said he kills off the morlocks when he and Mara are escaping Mount Doom. They decide to run out and uh, he sets he just sets it to and he sets the, the time machine to self-destruct. We've mentioned the small payoffs in terms of, there was the small payoff of hands go out the bubble, nails. And so later on, when you see Jeremy Irons die outside the bubble, you're like, yeah, I understand where this yeah. is coming from. But there's nothing early on in the movie about, oh, and this time machine could uh, explode. One line of dialogue saying, oh, it could explode if you do X, Y, Z. Oh, no, it's not going to do that because I know what I'm doing. That yeah. would have simply set you up. But it doesn't set you up because I'm willing to bet the explosion of the time machine is a Gore solution to the end of, Absolutely. we need to end this film. we need to get rid of the bad guys the morlocks whereas honestly killing off all of the morlocks does not solve your doesn't solve your situation at all because you had a bigger problem with the the fundamentals of your society the morlocks are not the bad guys they are the other side of the coin
2: all alex manages to do is to make sure that when the time machine is destroyed he can live in a nice nice place for himself. That's really what that sequence is and about. And that's the
0: end, yeah. He, he shacks up with Mara. Yeah. Uh, Vox 411 is now teaching all the kids the information yeah. that they should have been learning for, for ages. Everything's just kind of rosy. And we get a nice, the, the, the right end of this film is we, we get a flashback to uh, 1903 and it's Philby arriving to nick his housekeeper and chuck his hat at the door.
1: Weird, <laughs> weird like end, yeah. I thought. I, I did like the, yeah. I'm going to take my hat off because I'm not going to be one of those bowler hat wearing men. Yeah. But other than that, I was like, why is this scene here? Yeah, I know. It doesn't we, make any sense that we even see it.
0: I, I would. I need more about Alex and Mara and his intention. I need that. Seemed to be a bit longer. Yeah, and I don't care about Philby and yeah. and the maid. I know that someone somewhere will, which is why you've probably put that in. And I get the closing of the door and the final fade to black. But, uh but. Uh, uh, a rushed ending, I think I will say, and an ending that obviously.
2: Very confused. Is a
0: li- yeah, yeah, and it's different to the rest of the film, yeah. which I'm so surprised it comes as a result of literally the director not being there. Yeah. Um, that, is, that is quite surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, and that brings us to, to the end of uh, The Time Machine. Uh, uh, As you mentioned, James, a pivotal movie uh, uh, in name alone, if not for everything else it stands for in terms of H.G. Wells and and its influence on time travel media, uh, let alone films over the course of time, but also just as a as a as a as a tenet of time travel. The Time Machine is, is, is this real big deal and a movie where, you know, granted the movie doesn't, doesn't centre itself around the literal time machine as much as it centres itself around the inventor. But it is, it's, it's, this big, it's this big archetype um, and, and it's really nice to have gotten it in the books and to have gotten it in the books with this weird kind of film that we all have memories about. And yet we've all now got new memories mm. about because there's new and different takes on it. I'll say up top, you know, now that we're at the end of this film, we've spoken a bit about how we feel about the end. But now that we've gone back through it and you both mentioned having seen it uh, uh, a long time ago and we've now having now seen it all over again. How do you feel about this movie, guys? Uh, uh, Adam, I'll throw to you first. Uh, tell me what's your what's your takeaways from it as a time travel film, as I should a, say. As
2: a Yeah, as a time travel film, I think it I think it's a very good time travel film. I think it's I think there is enough time travel in it to make it kind of what we look for when we look for films like this. Um, and the time travel device is is stunning. Um, it works within its kind of universe that it works within. I just think, like we said, the end is just a little bit rushed. There are moments all the way through it that I thought, it just needs something there to make this next part work. Or it needs something to make the earlier payoffs feel better. Um, but like I said, I can remember seeing it in the cinema when it first came out. I can remember watching it afterwards. I can remember watching it, you know, I probably watched this 10 years ago, like way after it came out and I still enjoyed it. I, still, I think it's a, I think it's a well put together film. I think most of the kind of special effects are good. I just think it lacks a little something and I, I don't quite know. I can't really put my finger on it, but I think it's just missing something
0: more mumba jams there should have been a musical uh there should have been a just a there song should have been halfway through a yeah. whole soundtrack Dumbass like back to the M- future M- three where they Absolutely. just got zz top to just do do a bit yeah. of music in the middle you yeah. know how much that elevated that movie how it made it trilogy so topper much better. trilogy okay. topper okay. Uh, james how did you feel about this the film uh uh, uh once you would come away from it again
1: uh, again i think i'll echo a few of the things that adam said there the time travel device is one of the better ones that we see i think that we've seen so far it's honestly it's It is good looking and you can tell that's where the budget went. Unfortunately, you can tell it's where the budget went. And so there are some problems with the film. It's not, if I had to rate it just as a time travel film, which is what we do, I rate it quite highly. I think it's good, decent time travel. We see backwards, we see forwards, we see causality. We have a few rules being a bit fluffy here and there. As a film, wouldn't rate it quite as highly. But overall, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's, It's very much just a watch it and forget it, come back to it and go, oh, this is about as good as it was the last time I saw it.
0: Which is interesting because that, I have uh, 20 years in between viewings of this film and in my head it was a hell of a lot better than what I Mm. watched this time around. Mm. But a lot of that is just me changing. A lot of that is looking at it through this like hyper specific uh, time travel critical lens of, of wanting things from movies that aren't the natural things that people want from just an entertaining hour and a half in the cinema, which I completely understand. My biggest takeaway is that I just want more. I said this over the course of the episode is that it's an hour and a half and it doesn't need to be I want this film to be two hours long and yeah. I want more I want more fleshing out of the LOE culture uh, culture I want more fleshing out of how does he invent the time travel I want more 1899 I want more 1903 I want not I don't to be fair I don't want more 1899 but I want more 1903 I want more of him you know uh, uh goodwill hunting on the board and a bit more explanation of this is how I've done it a bit more of that for Nell lens kind of stuff a bit more of the explanation more Philby just questioning him about like what, uh, how have you done this what are you intending to do i'd like more of that i'd like more about how have they developed the language how is all of i want i, I even i want more from from the uber morlock i want to know more about morlock civilization i want more of all of these things and i feel entitled to want more because i know that it's from a book that would have definitely had more mm-hmm. in it uh, and and whether it's more or different stuff either way while this is as 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 you both said as a time travel film uh, hugely worth talking about as a film i was i was left wanting in a lot of departments and yes i will also acknowledge that a movie that leaves you wanting more is better than a movie that says no i don't want any more of this crap and so that is to the movie's uh, credit that it made it showed me things that i was like this is promising but uh, it's a shame you didn't give me more but at <laughs> least you know there's there's promise here as as a, as a as a film and as a time travel film for sure
2: there was one deleted scene on my dvd version of this. Oh I never even
1: considered that yeah.
2: And it is interestingly Scott you said you know you would have liked to see kind of more of the Alex at the university and explain a bit more about it. It kind of does a little bit. So he mentions very early on I think and it's just a kind of throwaway comment that You know, he got in trouble, I think, with the dean for taking the students out of the class one day. And it's that sequence. It's them, they go outside, it's snowy, it's Columbia and, you know, um, university in in the kind of winter. And he's doing an experiment with them outside and the dean comes out and he says, you know, you shouldn't be out here doing this sort of thing. Science isn't about the practicality of it. You know, it's about what's written on paper. And he makes it very clear that there is something more to him than just what's written on paper and that he has kind of ideas that he's going to put into practice at some point. So there's almost like a bit of a, but it's a long, it's like a, like a two, three minute deleted scene of just him doing some science outside with some of the students. So it's like, but that's the only one on there. That's the only kind of deleted scene there Which was Which is surprising.
0: This. It feels like a movie that's had more taken out of it than apparently yeah. it has.
1: Well, maybe it has, but they didn't choose to include them for whatever reason unwatchable yeah Unwatchable. well definitely in 9-11 one needs to be
2: left out i think yeah probably. for sure yeah
0: and of course we you know time travel film club this is uh, uh we should we should talk about just the the time travel presented james uh as always i'll I'll throw over to you to, uh, to sort of take us wander us through the science behind the time travel
1: well i think certainly if you if you look at the idea of we talked about the fresnel lenses uh, optics was like at the forefront of science when this was written mm. so it would make sense that that would be how you would be thinking about doing time travel um i also like the aspect of using light and they've talked about the fourth dimension and how you can move in one two and three dimensions why can't you move in the fourth one i think some of the causality issues in this are problematic the fact that he could even interact with uh, his fiance at the start and drag her away but not change his own future is a bit odd
0: it's a bit narratively necessary, but not necessarily uh, strong in your
1: understanding. Exactly. Mm. Um, but other than that, I I like that we get to see backwards. I like that we get to see forwards. The science of it, they don't really go into. I mean, there's, there's no way we can invent time travel now. There's no way we can invent time travel 120 years ago. So obviously, I'm not particularly convinced that his copper pipes and glass domes would do anything. But other than that, I enjoyed it. I liked the style. And I think seeing the fact that we can go so far into the future, we rarely get a glimpse this far into the future in any of the films we've seen.
0: It's very, very true. And I think that there's a there's a couple of things that we, as you mentioned, with the lenses and the light, we haven't had anything to do with that before. Uh, And uh, that that real far flung future. And there's two types of real far flung future because he goes 127 years. That's almost more than we've ever covered uh, uh, off the top of my head. And to then do 600,000 and to then do 800 million or whatever it is, is again, like that's big. You are you're trying big things. You are you are you're dealing with big stuff. You've zoomed out. And so many of the time travel films we watch are zoomed in. They're small time loop films or they're dealing with people experiencing their own kind of backwards and forwards. Crono Crimenes is zoomed in. Infinite Man is zoomed in time seven. Uh, uh, You know, the ARQ and Palm Springs are hyper, hyper zoomed in. This is this zooms out. This really zooms out and kind of takes into the into account you know hundreds and thousands and millions of years, which is it's refreshing and it's very engaging I find.
2: Would you guys like some film facts I'd stuff that love we haven't some. covered and so for example the budget for this was 80 million and it made 123.7 million gross so in, it's not bad 40 million isn't isn't bad but 50% again on top of what you percent? made people
0: yeah. wanted to see this i remember yeah. at least that much back in 2002 people wanted to see this because people liked big-budget sci-fi films, you know, for the same reason that you want to go... You've seen Harry Potter and you've seen Lord of the Rings and you've been seeing good, big-budget, impressive films. So you go, then you go and see The Time Machine, expecting that same kind of spectacle. And, my goodness, I can imagine some of the level of disappointment people may well have had.
2: It wasn't very well received. And since... I think it's only got 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, for example. That That seems harsh. That does
0: seem harsh.
2: I know it's not... I know it's not the best film i know it's not but i i feel like there are films of similar quality to this that that have got much higher so i don't really know why that is i mean i
0: can i can don't get me wrong if i wanted we we love time travel and we are here with an agenda if you rid us of that agenda and you are just watching a film and, and so view time travel is just like every, any other narrative device then you watch this film and it is it's much of nothing there's mm. there's no, there's nothing really in this film. There's yeah, not a lot might. going on. Every element of it is shallow in how much it's fleshed out. Yeah, you're right. Sure. The
1: more you learn about the film, things like the original story and the costs of yeah. the props, and the more you go, oh, this is a good film. But if you don't know or care about any of that, then this is just a... Slightly janky romance that doesn't make sense,
2: yeah, it's really interesting for us because we can look at this and we we're, we're looking for that kind of like interesting stuff but but if you are just watching this as a i'm going to go and watch this film it's on at the cinema this week i I kind of can see it a bit more now, especially
0: know. if you thought this is an 80 million dollar film and it doesn't yeah. look like an 80 million dollar film, no, at it all. doesn't. The time machine looks like a prop from an 80 million dollar film. Yeah. And but and I mentioned in the intro, Oscar nominated. This was nominated for an Oscar. It was nominated for a costume, uh, for for either makeup and hair or costume, I think. Right, I think fair. it's makeup uh, and hair. I a lot of sense.
2: sci-fi films get that, though, yeah. don't they? So I mean like, yeah. And I, you can but, see
0: because money was spent, no yeah. one looks terrible. The Morlocks do, a choice was made there, yeah. of course, but it it's not that it looks terrible and there's there's money been spent the whole when they zoom out and you see all of the wind the windmills in the distance you know set pieces have been built time has been spent uh, land has been procured extras have been hired stuff has been done and none of that shines through with the end product of just an hour and a half film that that honestly if you like it's just it's water it's like watered down squash you mm. wanted a glass of good squash and so you've given me a pint i would have accepted a smaller glass that tasted properly instead you've given me a, a pint but the same amount of squash in it and so it tastes just yeah. a bit watered down yeah mm. i i so i can i can see 27 percent is harsh don't get don't get me wrong yeah. but it's not to be honest like as a film as a narrative feature it's not climbing above four out of ten for me
2: sure okay uh, and just a few sort of guy pierce related things really love I love a guy pierce related thing, um, yeah one of the big draws with him doing this film is that um the original actor who played the time traveler in the 1960 version is a guy called Rod Taylor also from Sydney Australia Ah. <laughs> so one of the things I the love, time Aussies <laughs> love time travel travel. the best trope we've got um there was a really weird fact i found out that he was so consistent from one take to the next audially so, like, with the way he's pronouncing things. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Was flub? What a word to What a word to fuck and off. And you're pronouncing We're pronunci- things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're not cutting that. We are not cutting that. just jump back yeah, in yeah. there no, or something no. else. Pronounce some
2: more. With the words he says... Um, him speak good <laughs> the, him speak good and him speak so good they use again for another take <laughs> yeah they could they could just they didn't have to do multiple takes with his audio they could just use that same wow. audio it was like that accurate Re- um, like robotic but
0: procedural like I'm gonna say these words yeah. and I'm gonna say them again and say them again and it's always the same good for and, guy
2: and you know he, he said something this sort of struck with me as well Um i read an interview with him and he said I'm, I'm not at all suggesting that I feel old this is when he's talking about the action sequences but as a 34-year-old, that's my age, by the way. Oh. So it's certainly a lot more difficult than it was when I was 21. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just as difficult when I was at 21 <laughs> to leap on things. Um, but he says I don't really see myself as an action hero much. He made it very clear after this he didn't. He wasn't going to take any more lead roles as like the as like the lead hero because I think I think he sees himself as I think he falls into one of those categories that's a little bit like uh, there's a few actors in Hollywood now who only do the roles that are slightly unusual and they don't try and do the Hollywood hero type thing. And I think he falls into that category Um, and we haven't seen him do a massive amount of lead roles since.
0: I I totally I totally get you in the sense that like it comes for any half decent actor eventually as if you're a male actor who's doing good work eventually someone a studio is going to come to you and be like "Do you want to be in this action film that will make a ton of money and you can't resist saying yes because it's a ton of money and you want to maybe see if you're if you're if you can do it. I don't get an action star vibe from uh, Guy Pearce. No. Granted, people said that would have said that about Chris Pratt, circa Parks and Rec, and look what happened. People would have said it about Zach Levy, circa Dexter, and look what happened—he's in Shazam, and, and you buy it. Hmm. People have said it about lots of people down the years that, like, I don't buy this person as a reg, as a consistent action person, and yet it somehow turns out. And so I stand to be corrected for Guy Pearce, but he apparently doesn't stand to be corrected because he doesn't want to be. No. And I respect him for acknowledging that in this film, maybe he he's he's very apt. Apt for the science stuff, and he's very mm. apt for maybe even some of the romantic y stuff. Not that there's a lot at all. And granted, when he is with Emma, he looks like he's on crack. Uh, it's not a good <laughs> vibe he's given off, but. Uh, but I credit to him for at least coming away from this and saying, I, yeah, I don't think I was that good at this and I, I don't want to do it again. I'm not going to, as opposed to just, no, I'm going to keep doing it because I like money and I don't care if you didn't enjoy it because this film made over almost 50 percent back of what was spent on it. And yeah. so, yeah, let's let's fire it up again. You look at Mark Wahlberg doing Planet of the Apes in, in uh, the same year and that film was, again, Critically panned mm. and but still made a good amount of money back, yeah. and he kept going. He kept trying yeah, to make Wahlberg's action an films. An interesting
2: example because it's like he has consistently made action films as a lead character for a long, long time. Since it's almost it's the, almost the sliding doors moment for like Guy Pierce and Mark Wahlberg. yeah. So I like still. to say
0: that Guy Pierce prefers like trying to actually make substantial, make things <laughs> a, a wor- yeah, that are worthy. Work, yeah, um, and Mark Wahlberg is a racist piece of shit. So <laughs> <laughs> So. That's what I would say about that.
2: Um, And that's the end.
0: Oh, I do want to mention as well. Uh, we are back on the renaming hype for oh, season cool. two. Oh, but, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. do have a name for this. I will say the time machine is it is what is in the tin. It's uh, the label on the tin is what's inside. <laughs> the the best tin. part of the film. It's best a, part of the a, film. A, yeah, a, yeah. Best part of the film. And I, I, I do like the name the time machine. True. A little bit misleading with the narrative of this film and the, mm-hmm. the fictional story of this film compared to you know a movie more about the machine. But fair enough. But I think that you get a lot more asses in seats and a lot more people coming away not being as disappointed if you named this film <laughs> brain lock and the irish future <laughs> <laughs> which is a that sounds like a whimsical journey <laughs> uh, oh, brain lock and the irish future in the irish future, the irish future.
2: Yeah, i like that a lot i like that a lot well, well interesting i've i potentially got a meal for us you know how sometimes we've talked about yeah yeah, it, mealing please, yeah, this yeah thing. so i i think you know the if you guys have heard of a tadukan. Turducken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the yeah?
1: turkey with a duck in it with a chicken in it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh,
2: I think this movie is is a duckin It's it's something that, when it's all packaged together, doesn't really work. But the individual components are quite nice. Sounds like a great idea. Sounds like a brilliant idea. But maybe don't stick a duck inside a chicken and then stick that <laughs> chicken inside a turkey. I have to say, you every know?
1: time I've ever had a duckin it's been just a disappointment and you, I didn't really want it I've never had, it. Had, one. I had one I've, I've never, never had, had one yeah. but I imagine uh, oh my how is it disappointing my mother will buy a a turducken roll oh, so okay. like a ah. meat roll together from I think Aldi yeah and uh, it's like okay this is three meats that taste really similar <laughs> 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 and it's as not someone who doesn't really eat meat I'm not a huge fan
0: yeah what three flavours of, of ice cream have you got James oh you've got vanilla I've cream got, and, <laughs> and
1: Madagascan vanilla I've got fake
2: vanilla yeah it's just, just milk flavour just <laughs> milk and I guess as well it kind of ties in nicely with there is past, present and future in this uh, I was
0: I was thinking along the same lines This this film does as we so, mentioned in talking about the time travel this film does a bit of everything bit of past a lot of future mm. some present and it's trying to you know and then there's that whole other side thing with the, the the narrative of the the Morlocks and the Eloi, but as far as uh, uh, as far as time travel goes, um, yeah, bit of everything. In theory, works, but in practice, it's just a bit. Uh, it's like, just unnecessary. Just wish, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> it's just something yeah. that we don't need. I like that because I, I yeah I, I come away from this film thinking that like. I I wanted I wanted more, but not just more of this outright. I want more of the individual elements. Mm. So maybe if I'm having a and I want more turkey, but I don't I don't want more and <laughs> I just want more turkey. You just or want more, more turkey. Tap, yeah, yeah. Or more chicken things I like individually. I'll be honest,
1: I just want those roast potatoes, and I yeah. feel like this film was missing the roast potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. You, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy, <laughs> you want, <laughs> you, want you want an hour of that, Jeremy I, Irons I remembered doing him so much more in this film than he was, and I really wished that my memory was true. Yeah, yeah.
0: this film. If you just have more potato, Jeremy Irons. And Brussels... <laughs> Sorry, but you can't be doing potatoes and Irish at the same time. So this is taking it too far. Jeremy yeah. Irons, Irish? Okay, I don't, I don't know. But uh, uh, otherwise, I have said something mildly offensive. But you want the Jeremy iron potatoes, and you want the Brussels sprout Orlando Jones. You want more of that. You do, and it makes it a better film.
2: The accompaniments are better than the actual substance. Oh, one
1: hundred percent.
0: That's agree. a good shout. That's yeah, a good yeah, shout. Yeah. Well, yeah. to duck and forever it may be. Uh, yeah. uh, I like that a lot. And so, I guess the final thing for us to do is to rank this film, and we can't do that. Out of <laughs> no <Nora> one. <laughs> It's it's one, number number one. One. <laughs> it is no and good uh, this film gets a, a little a brief respite a one episode respite yeah. i imagine slash hope uh, of being in top spot good luck to you well done well, I think that brings us to the end of what's been a really enjoyable chat. Uh, I, I know that like with us, with what felt like a little bit of a, a shallow hour and a half movie, it was maybe there was the potential for there not to be much chat. And yet I'm overjoyed with the amount that I've learned as well. That's really great is that like, I didn't know about Fresnel lenses at all. I thought mm. they were pronounced Fresnel too. So Fresnel. Uh, there's no, uh, so that's, nice. that's some education, but also like the whole thing about crabs and like all of this good, wonderful information. And I mean, the whole thing about Simon Wells actually being the great grandson when yeah. I thought it was just a bit of a fun coincidence i i one of my notes up top was like oh yeah wells yeah imagine if you're related to him ha, <laughs> ha, ha, lol oh it's <laughs> um, like
1: i've got a book by a woman called isabella tree and it's all about rewilding it's like the perfect name for the situation this could have been another of those examples I love it.
0: nominative determinism for elizabeth <laughs> right there uh but yeah great uh, happy to have it in happy to have it in the memory banks have it happy to have it up on the on the data set uh a really nice chat as always guys thank you so much And that brings to a close another episode of Time Travel Film Club. Thank you, as always, dear listener, for tuning in. If you'd like to share TTFC far and wide, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening via Apple or Spotify, we would be insanely, hugely grateful if you could leave us a rating and review. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. Please email timetravelfilmclub at gmail.com with opinions, questions, recommendations, anything in between. The next film we'll be discussing is my pick and it is Mega Time Squad, a 2018 Kiwi movie that at time of recording you can find for rental on Amazon. We've spoken about how much we wanted to get a New Zealand movie into the film club and you will not be disappointed, dear listener. Until then, love from the
3: past. See you in the future.